You're listening to the Talk of Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo! And today's episode is the 100 most best shows of the last decade. No, I can't say best shows. I'm sorry. Um, The 100 shows that I like of the last decade. Because if you say best, then it like creates this big storm of, well, you didn't have blah blah in it. Or why the hell is your, this your, in Your it? list is or better what? than our list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your list will always be better than my list. Always remember that. Because we are known for having trash for taste. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Exactly it. Now, it, this this is like, um, of course, once the decade ended, we're talking about the decade, you know, 2010 to 2020. Once it ended, it became this big thing where everybody was making 100 lists for everybody. And I kind of was seeing it and going, that's that's a pretty cool idea. You, you missed this show. You missed Andrew. This show. Andrew was feeling left out. So I'm like, I'd like to do that, of course. But we had to get caught up from coming back and getting all that stuff done. And then now I'm finally got a chance to do a, a just a side episode that's about a particular topic. And so now it's finally time to do it. So I put together. I went through from winter 2010. All the way until fall of 2019. And basically, I was pretty picky. It's pretty picky going through the list. And I'm, I'm clicking through and I'm going, yeah, it was a pretty good one, but not quite. That I'm surprised a good one. some of these shows are actually on your list. That 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 implies that they're actually in the, the time frame that we're talking about. Yeah. Like in particular, <laughs> some some, one in particular, Katana, Katana Guitari, that seems like that was forever ago. That was literally when we first kicked back up or when we first really got into anime again. Wow. <laughs> so I remember that was that because that was a year long show. Yeah. Because every month they it released was every like month, an entire one, episode. one hour episode. One hour episode. Still want that on Blu ray. Somebody saved that one. But, uh,. Yeah, there was a few that were surprising that they, they technically fell in that realm. But it was funny because I was being very picky going through the entire list. And I asked Chris, what do you think <laughs> What do you think I came up with in my quote-unquote short list, the, the list before the final list? And it was like 100 and... I said 170. No. No, you said what? like 150, and I said it's 170. Oh, yeah, so you're okay. pretty close. So <laughs> that shows you... That just shows you of 10 years of shows... With with four seasons in each year, that is an insane amount of really good shows, in a sense, for you know the years as a whole. It's just like a very nice sign that anime is definitely not dying. That there is still – it is still difficult for me to put together a 100 <laughs> shows because I had to condense it. 
and I had to I had to kick out. I think when I made my final 100 list, I still had three that I was like, oh, but I can't fit you in. I had three shows that I was very upset about not being able to fit in that 100 list. That shows you just how much well, I just love. in the last in the last two years. I mean. We've been really, really strapping, trying to drop them down to five. And that's yeah. just in the last two years. So, I mean... What is more difficult to make five than 100? Well, I, but, I agree. That, but you have a larger scale with 100. Yeah, exactly. And and that that's that's my point, is just in the last few years, it's just it, it gets tighter and tighter because there's just so many good shows that are coming out. Some terrible at math. I'm going to mathemize this. So that's 174, I think I said, divided by 40. That's the equivalent of four shows, 4.3 shows per season that are really great as an average. Because there was, there, yeah, there was, of course, some seasons where I like, yeah, that's just that one right there. Or, yeah, maybe two. But, and there was some seasons where it's like, damn it, you're not helping. I'm putting like five shows in my list just from this one season. I am not going to make it all the way to the end. So, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do this because technically if I were to talk more than like three minutes per show, this would be a 300-minute long episode, which is not too bad technically. But that just gives me a kind of, I guess, a, a time frame that I don't want to talk more than three minutes per show. I just kind of want to get an idea of what it's about and why I love it so much, and I think that'll probably be the gist of it. I tried, and then I gave up <laughs> trying to make this a like you know list uh, in order. I gave up. So just putting it out there. I tried. I got to like at some certain point, about halfway through, making it fifty, and then I said, "This is just getting way too difficult to to organize this." Because you're literally putting, you know, 50 shows that are all amazing against each other. And it just doesn't make any sense. Shows that just have different values to them than other ones. Ones that are great storytelling and some that are just funny. And it's just in the end, I'm like, I give up. I'm just going to randomize the list. <laughs> I will give you an idea of what I would think I would put in my top 10. Which is still hurts me a lot. But I'll do that. <laughs> just because I think a good 10 or 11 of them are just like absolute standouts you have to watch them but i would i would probably say every single one of the shows you should watch and i did include movies because i just wanted to so that made a little again more difficult i i could have like just included them and be probably a lot better off but i'm i'm a sucker for pain <laughs> so and this is andrew's list i'm sure if you just google search top kawaii uh, Lolly's shows of the last decade and you'll probably find his list somewhere in there. You'll probably agree <laughs> with every one of them in there. I have a lot of I have a lot of shows that are more Dear heavens, uh, I, I'm already I'm already like gl glancing over just this list and I'm going, yeah, that one would be a top on my, that one would be wait, wait, wait that one would be a top oh my gosh, that one would be a top on my list. Where am I going with this? I, I did want to do that. If you see anything, if I go over one any, any of these and you go, yeah, that probably wouldn't fit in my hundred list. That that probably not that you don't like the show, but that you're like, yeah, that would probably one that I would overlook to fit in a a Moe 
cute <laughs> girls doing cute things show. I'd put a Watteton in that place. Watteton. <laughs> I don't think I, I, I don't know if I fit Watteton in. I don't think I did. I yeah, you that, did. Nope, that's in my short, uh, my honorable mentions. Oh. I do have my 74 whatever honorable mentions, <laughs> unless I don't think I'm going to be able to go over it. But uh, anyways, we should probably get into this. Uh, think random.org for doing this because it knew that even though I wanted to randomize this, technically my number two favorite of the last decade is in the first one we're going to bring up. Which Why is, is it number two? Because Hanasake uh, Roja is my number one favorite of all time. So Oh, okay. That has to be. Love it. <laughs> but yeah, Shobogeng Roku, Roku Shinju. That's it. That, that's all you need to know. There's your top 100 favorites of the last decade. Go watch Shogun Roku, Roku Shinju. Uh, it's basically about Rakugo, which is a performance that um, they used to do in Japan. Well, they still do it, but it was a big entertainment uh, performance they did, used to do. A person goes on the stage, sits on their knees, and becomes a one-person performance storyteller. And they act out each of the characters in the story. It was an absolutely beautifully directed show. I don't know how Dean did it because Dean at the same time was doing really bad looking shows at the same time. And this one was like, they put all their budget into it. It looked fantastic. It was a long story that told multiple generations and it was a fantastic story. Go watch it, please. Now just pause us. This one was, is one that we were, we were screaming about when it came out. We were screaming about it when it was done. We were screaming about it at the end of the year. We're still screaming about this show this is a wonderful show, and literally, where the hell's the Blu-ray? I know, right? <laughs> I was thinking about that a few minutes ago. Um, it's one of those that I, all we would do is is overhype it, and then you'll go into it and watch it, and you'll go, "Well, it's not as it great is, as it they, is slow." It is a very very slow show, I, but it is. Um, it's a visual masterpiece. It's a it's a story uh, narratively. It's a masterpiece. It's. It's just a, a touching story, it, and it hits all the right points. If you're a drama nut, you're going to love this show. If you are into adult stories, you're going to love this show. It's 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 really, really great story, and it, it's, it's a crying shame that it didn't get more. I mean, the people who watch it, usually they're really quickly converted, and they go – yeah, this is a great show, and it is just a, a, a crying shame that it didn't get a lot more because it, it went on, on Amazon, didn't it? It was a Crunchyroll show, so it never got a Blu-ray made of it, unfortunately. <sighs> no, that you're thinking Oni Hate probably. That was the Amazon. No, I know Oni Hate got it. I thought I thought Amazon got this one too. No. But yeah, Mitsuboshi Color. I did get some OA shows in here. Mitsuboshi Colors is the next one we talked yes. about. Yes. That one is just absolute cute fun. It is essentially watching a bunch of kids be kids. They are adventuring around this uh, this town. They're doing just having fun, making making enjoyment out of nothing. And it was just absolutely a joy to watch. They were just way lovable kids, and I just wanted to just spend every time watching that show, just falling in love with them and, and enjoying their adventures. They do so. Comments. Yes, adorable. Adorable. <laughs> you would put it in your hundred. Uh, possibly. Probably. Oh wow! Ouch. I it, it I I 
because I'm unprepared, it, it is, a, it is, you don't know would, what's in that list. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's in my list. Land illustrious. That would be in the list, wouldn't it? Very likely. Um, this one, I, I'm going to, I'm going to toss out there. This one, uh, being about a bunch of girls who are gyms effectively. Well, calling them girls is kind of, they look feminine. That's they look you. feminine. They're but not really gender, it though. is it is a very very fascinating world. This is one of those really cool ones where it's more about the world than it is about the characters, even though the characters are great. Um, and, and it and it does really neat. It, it it they took their time. The entire show was completed before they actually presented it, which is one of the really really cool things that they did about this one. That really sh- makes it shine because it does have uh, all the. <laughs> It does have all the um, the production value of a of a more uh, higher quality show. It's really well done, very highly directed, great uh, aesthetics. It's just really fantastic show. Yeah, they they pre built all the assets, which are it shows because you know rendering is a CGI show, and they're rendering all these gym looking characters that yeah they're painted so that they have like a skin tone to them, but their hair stays their gem color and it's just very beautiful and yeah the shots and the action were just absolutely fantastic all these shots where you have characters running and it's showing like from the grass up it was just beautifully directed it is it is technically one of those and that was one of the difficult things in making the hundred list was that there's a lot of shows where i'm like i really like this show but it needs another season (laughs) yeah this is one technically that needs another season, but it was so fantastic, I can't deny it. And it, what little we got of the insights of the world itself or universe, whatever you want to call it, was awesome. And I wanted I wanted more so badly. So, uh, yeah, next one, Hanasaku Yoroha. That one is literally my number one favorite anime of all time right now. Um, it might eventually get dethroned, but... I and like I've stated every time I talk about this show, it was a perfect show for the perfect time for me, and it really hit me uh, personally. Uh, so you know the struggle of the main character in the show. Absolutely loved it to death. It was a great little series. Got another. It got a movie, and I enjoyed the movie too. Uh, but it was it was a fantastic show. It's basically a girl who gets shipped off by her mother to stay with her grandma at their her inn, and she's kind of forced to work at the inn and discover what is important in life, uh, enjoying what you do. All those kind of themes are kind of wrapped up in her story of um, kind of blossoming as a child, basically. So it was it was fantastic. I yes. watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> really great show. And Chris likes it now because I, I mentioned it's Mario Kata. So there you go. <laughs> now he likes it. Gundam, the origin. I had to get some Gundam in here. I, 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 I limited myself to two, so I'll... I guess Chris already sees what the other one is because, spoiler, he can see the list. But I got two shows of Gundam in here, and I limited myself to two Gundams. Uh, but Gundam The Origin was definitely one I wanted to put in here. It, is, it, was, it was the story of Char that we wanted. And I've been, I just desperately wanted more of Char for the longest time. And now that we finally got his like this origin story, it was their newest uh, quality and visuals they do now, telling the old story from the point of view of Char, it was absolutely fantastic. It added so much depth to his character. I can't even begin to explain. I want them to do the rest of the Gundam series in this new animation format, in this storytelling format, but 
unfortunately, they it seems like they're stopping with just that. So it is really fantastic to see things from Shar's point point of view. A lot of the a lot of the little gaps that you didn't even really realize that you were wondering about are kind of answered in here, and it is really neat to see see things from that perspective. Yep, yep. Um, next one is Demon Slayer. Got a recent one. Um, Demon Slayer, I think, visually it's fantastic. It's suitable at their best. Basically a story about a boy who returns home to find his family slaughtered by demons. Um, also his sister is being turned into a demon. And so he spends his life becoming a demon slayer so that he can find the one demon that turned her so that he can possibly return his sister back to normal. It's visually amazing. Uh, the artistry and the attacks they do is fantastic. Has like an old artistic style to it. Whenever they do their their breathing techniques, um, you have a fantastic main character. Really, what it is what it is. You have a a main character who is just a good boy that wants to do good, and he it shows in people that people that are around him notice it. I I wanted to watch every episode. It was beautifully animated, which typically with unless you're looking at like My Hero Academia, shonens don't really. <laughs> perform very well with visuals so it is one that i want to see more of it it does have a fascinating world with some great characters um just a just a beautiful show in general so yeah definitely i this is one of the shows that um i was really uh we were jumping on a lot in uh when it was coming out it's a lot of fun really cool visuals i, I think it was done by foodable right yeah it's that and so it it really shines as far as the 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 visual style, the everything that Ufootable does well, it it absolutely is here in a lot of ways. Fantastic world um, where you just want to dive in and just eat every little bit of it. Just so much here. What to sucks is all the bad guys into. have stories. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, they have stories, and I like them. Uh, except for that spider guy, you can just die. But he did also have a bad story. <laughs> they tried. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. It, what it, here's the here's the other funny thing because um, in about two of them I'm gonna run into this, and I kind of want to mention now before I forget is, even though I said earlier that if you calculate out how many I picked the 174 whatever, and you calculate it to how many uh, seasons there were technically throughout those ten years, which is forty. That doesn't include the fact that there's a few of these shows in here that are multi-core. You have Hanasoko Roha, which is two cores. You do have a show again, Roku, that was two cores, I believe. Yeah, two cores. You have Dudada that has like multiple seasons. Like I don't know, I don't know if they got to like maybe two, uh, maybe four cores. I don't remember exactly how many. So that just kind of makes it even more that there's been a lot of shows in that t- time period that have been absolutely fantastic. So. Uh, next one is Katana Katari, which that would be a full year-long show. <laughs> this is Nisi Yoisin, who, of course, did Monogatari series. Um, and I didn't know – we didn't – I don't think we ever actually acknowledged who – we. yeah, because we didn't actually watch Monogatari back then. We we right. first watched Katana Katari. I might have watched maybe one – I think I watched the first part of Monogatari back then. But Katana Katari, I didn't know there was a connection there until we went to watch – I think it was when we went back to watch Monogatari series again – that I realized the similarities there and that's when it kind of connected in my brain. I'm like, holy crap, this is the same person. <laughs> very similar style to it in that regard. Uh, just very wordy show. 
Um, it's all about these the character interactions between these two uh, these two main characters. Essentially, it's a strategic uh, strategy. I think is what she was called. That basically is supposed to go out and collect these weapons that these demon weapons that these people are getting. It was all forged by the same person, and whoever touches these weapons become possessed by the weapon and they become really powerful. And she has to go collect them. And so the way that she does that is she employs essentially I wonder, a weaponless. I wonder huh? if one of those weapons are actually in Monogatari Shinobu's. You I might have to go and look that. I might have to check the name of that that they listed it as. <laughs> Uh, but essentially, she employs a guy that is known to be a human weapon. He doesn't wield a weapon, and so he uses his body as a weapon. And so she uses him to fight all these people and they gain the swords back. Because but it was, he will it was not a have lot. any interest in taking the weapons. Right. Anybody else would see a weapon and go, that was really powerful. I want to wield it. And so, yeah, like I said, it, it's all about the interactions of the characters. Their Their dialogue was fantastic. Her constantly... Uh, offering herself up to him and him kind of uh, being a little bit more, uh, I guess, dithery, doesn't really realize it. Um, fantastic ending, which we had a lot of discussion about. Um, I would want to watch that again. I want to watch it so bad. It's so again. bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was it was it beautiful too. Way beautiful oh that show. that that show. If it has nothing else, it is a gorgeous show. This is that was Shaft, wasn't it? I think so. I think so. And it just absolutely is a gorgeous show. And because it has a different type of White art Fox, style. That's right. White it was Fox. White Fox? Yeah. Wow. It has a different art style. And they they pulled no punches in the action. They pulled no no punches in the the, the just punches. the. You're just <laughs> full of puns today, aren't you? unintentional (laughs) but yeah they they just a great great show great story and just a lot of fun easily well worth the time to watch it yeah yeah i i still this day uh debate with myself just to go and find a copy of the uh in ice america releases that are probably dumbly expensive now now my shame hearts are beautiful my shame. One of yeah. these days, I will catch up on it. Do da 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 is the next one. I I don't know. I don't remember my origin with the show. I I know. I do know that I I was. I did love the world, or the, not the world, the setting. Very dark Tokyo kind of setting, back streets kind of stuff. Um, then it kind of at some point gets really into kind of uh, social media and and building up kind of clans, so to speak. And it always had this kind of weirdness to it. It was just kind of this this real setting, but just weirdness in it. Like suddenly out of nowhere, a guy shows up and is throwing a gigantic vending machine. You're going, why the hell is this guy that strong? Uh, crazy chick coming out with a sword. There's this uh, Dullahan guy kind of thing driving down the street on a motorcycle. And you're just kind of going, what the hell is it with this world? And it's so weird, but the characters are just so lovable. You just you just kind of get sucked into the world and the mystery of it. It's got great soundtrack, great style to it. Iziaha stepping on some random uh, uh, Gyaru's freaking cell phone and laughing. It just it was an absolute treat all the way to the end. I'm glad they finally got the final the the last of it actually adapted because it was one of those ones that was kind of stuck in limbo for the longest time. 
Um, I still want to buy this on Blu-ray. It's just another Aniplex long series, very expensive kind of thing. <laughs> but eventually I will buy the entire thing. But I do love it. And I, I do want to watch it again. So pretty decent ending to it too. So uh, Gundam, the other one, Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. Yes, that was my second one that I chose. Uh, me and Chris watched this from beginning to end. It was a 50-episode one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a 50-episode one. I think the reason why Chris attached to it originally was that I mentioned that it was Mario Kata that was involved with it, which was kind of weird. I don't think yeah, it was it was it seems like we 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 pointed out the fact that this is going to be really odd for uh, a a change for her. And and it really was she really really captured it in a in a way that I don't think I've ever seen a, a Gundam pull off what happened in this particular series what was funny is that you immediately think okay it's mario kata this is a person that does like melodrama slice of life shows what how could she do a gundam gundams are typically very high politics violent uh very heavy on on warring sides and you're gonna bring a slice of life melodrama person in there there was no melodrama it made you love the characters like you you've seen her writing and the fact that the characters and their bonds with each other you felt every bullet that hit a character because you're like i'm invested in this and this group and i want to see them succeed but it still had the guts of gundam maybe not the high politics it did really seem like she didn't really get too much in that stuff it, it was it had more... the war it had the this the sense of the group it's it was it. it was to me it, it more focused on the the other side instead of instead of going to the high politics version uh, it was more like uh, war in the pocket was for me where it was capturing the essence of somebody else that's being forced into this war when they have no real interest in the war and yet you could see them being moved around as the pieces on the chessboard even though they didn't want to. They were still being forced along by yeah, they the were, invisible hand. Yeah, and they were still being pushed by the politics, right. for sure. Um, but yeah, it it made us cry a lot. <laughs> it hurt in various situations. I still remember the lance, the the weapon that they made, and how every time they they lined up and started shooting those off, I'm like, oh shoot, somebody's gonna die. Like they made you dread when they brought those out. It was that good of how invested we were in those characters. Oh, I miss it. <laughs> I do miss it. Uh, SSS Gridman. I, I, this is a, this is a, this is on the tail end of my list. It was, this was one that just barely made it in there, but I did want to include it because it was a huge surprise for me. And I will admit, I wasn't that into it at the beginning. I didn't like the fight scenes, but it managed to really blow me away by the world that it ended up kind of revealing, uh, towards the, second half of it and i was very surprised by it so it's like a very slow burn for me but it really did turn into something that i really did love and i thought it had a really cool ending to it that made me really kind of uh try to inspect it in multiple ways which was was surprising that was a trigger wasn't it yes i think so i think that was like a first trigger for me that i actually really enjoyed so there you go i double check on that one but i'm pretty sure somebody's gonna yell at us so you don't that's going to happen a lot in this, by the way, is there's a lot of 
I do love these shows, but there are some cases where it's like, I, I know I love this. I might have forgotten certain aspects of the story, so don't be angry at me. I'm trying to remember this stuff. Yeah, that's Trigger. So there you go. One of the only Trigger shows that Andrew really liked. <laughs> it's probably the only Trigger show you're going to get in this list. <laughs> we'll see, though. We'll see. I'll probably go, oh, that was a Trigger too, wasn't it? No, Kill a Kill didn't make the list. <laughs> gonna say that now it's in the honorable mentions but it's not in my list i'm sorry what How about the Mo- what about the moe uh mecca girls they barely didn't make it ah. and i fought between gridman and and i'm Ozzy wondering Franks. what the heck you dropped to add gridman in because <laughs> i mean yeah i know you liked it but dang that's I had to. St- I had to finally just stop at some point. I'll probably change it later. <laughs> but no, I did. I did like Redman. It was. It was. It was really, really cool when they revealed everything. Plus, you know, thighs. What can you say? Thighs. Uh, Kaguya-sama, Love is War. Yes, that one made the list as well. A comedy has made it in the list, and that one was an absolute treat. We were literally every episode, every time we watched it, laughing out loud for this probably. Is- 80% of the show. That's a show that we could definitely go back and just in, in, have fun watching again. I, I have no doubts about that. I love this show so much. I It was just too much fun. Or just watch the outro. Chica Chica. Uh, no, gotcha Man Crowds. <laughs> gotcha Man Crowds and Gotcha Man Crowds Inside. I'll, again, I'm including the entireties of every show. Gotcha Man Crowds was weird because we totally missed the first season of it. Um, I don't know what provoked us to go back i think it was when the the previews opened for the insight that we were kind of like well this actually looks kind of stylized and cool or maybe it was an intro something made us go back and i remember it i i went back and watched it for some odd reason and i know that i came back to andrew and said no 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 you have to watch this one <laughs> i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna I'm going to say we have to go back on the reviews for that one and see what the story was behind that. Because I'm thinking I was the one that went back. No, I, I know. know you went back on your own after I had No, I'm saying I, you I thought it. that I went first. No, 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 no. I know I, there we go. I this, dragged you we in. We have to do a fact <laughs> check on that one. Um, but no, this is, this is a show that I absolutely loved. I was so high on it and absolutely was freaking out about this one. Uh, this is... One of those shows that I I want to say that we kind of ignored it because we thought it was a um, it was going to be a um, a continuation of the original show. Yeah, original. And when we went back to it, we found out it wasn't, and we were all about this show. And it is this is easily one of my high ones. If if I had my own list, this is definitely one of the top ones on my list. I absolutely am still to this day hot on this show. It's it's one of those that I would highly suggest it to anybody. It has some really cool things. Some some of those that Weird you just take on politics and social media, politi- politics Very and social media, and it just really is almost foretelling in 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 certain ways. And some of the things in there that you just kind of makes you want to think about these things and how they could truly affect uh, the world if they were to ever actually happen. You might have gone first because I 
I do remember you saying you didn't like the main girl, and I ended up loving her. <laughs> I loved her too. I th- no, she, and then, then that, that makes me wonder. Then no, no, no. You're right. I hated her at first, and then I ended season. up. I ended up. I ended up coming around on her a lot. I really, really do love her now. Yeah, she's adorable. Uh, Angel Beats. That one. That one was it was funny because I had that one in my in my uh, maybe list, and then I went back and said, "Why the hell is Angel Beats in my maybe list?" <laughs> <laughs> I loved Angel Beats. Now, this is one of those ones where it's hard to remember it, but every time I look at clips of this show, I go, "Holy crap!" I remember laughing my butt off at this particular scene. Like easily, the 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 one thing I remember the most was the whole where they went down the dungeon. And they were trying to get to this like dungeon area, and they were all dying and kind of sacrificing themselves. It was just absolutely hilarious. All these funny little moments, like the the slow motion distraction in the in the middle of the classroom, all these things they were kind of doing to distract the the angels themselves or whatever it was in there. Um, absolutely a great series. Now I. I don't remember too much about it. Like I said, I, I want to think there was something about the ending that was a little bit, it left me wanting more that I felt um, like I wasn't satisfied. But every time I think about Angel Beats, all the scenes and stuff, I remember just absolutely loving it. Just a great group of kids that were just being dorks and trying to figure out where they're at was really cool. So, <laughs> wanting to go that, back was, to. that was one of those key twists on a twist on a twist. And it's like, yeah, okay, that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> uh yeah, this is the it, it is like like I said, it's a it's a key show and it really really was one of their it was when everybody was high on them and it was really a great show especially in in the the list of them that we had at the time. Yep. Uh I'll know a zero season 1. Season one is good. Season one. I am putting a, like I said, I, I'm going through all these. And I'm going Hanasaki Raha. Just assume it's the entire series. Da-da-da-da. It's the entire series. Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam uh, Iron Blood Orphans. It's the entire two seasons of it. Oh, no, Zero is season one. Specifically season, season one. Season one minus the <laughs> last, like, no. three episodes. Include, <laughs> include the last three episodes. It was a fantastic ending to it. I'm perfectly fine with that. Uh, no, I, I was actually okay with having more of that, but it, they just dropped the ball. The things that I loved about the first season, but, but they if left we, out. But if we, if we discount season two, then we lose poor Icon. It's a good meme within our, <laughs> our community, but I can do without it. it it's fine. <laughs> no, it's just, I know Zero was beautifully directed. It was absolutely stunning. It had, uh, uh Sawano Hiroyuki and the music, they were they were crafting the scenes around his music, and it was beautifully done. I was at the edge of my seat every single fight they had. It's basically aliens coming down to – well, not really aliens, but the, two different uh, societies of hum, uh, of people. You have the people that were in space and people that are on Earth, and they essentially come to meet each other and try to uh, form a uh, kind of a bond to each other. And this assassination happens, and then all war breaks out. And you have basically humans that have no technology versus uh, these foreigners that are coming in that have amazing uh, combat mecha technology. And every fight, it felt like they're just just clawing to survive against these people that are invading. And it did it beautifully. And I loved every single episode of it. And when season two came around, I was like, holy crap, they're actually going to continue this on. 
and they flubbed the hell out of it. The music was – it just felt like they were just throwing tracks in. Uh, they were just butchering Solano's music and using it in terrible spots. It just turned into super mecha stuff, fighting each other. Um, a lot of the character choices. I did like to see more of the characters, but it just it, – it struggled really badly for me. So season one, fantastic. It's in the list. <laughs> nice Sidonia. Where's season three? It needs to come out already. I've already read the rest of it. I want to see it adapted. Um, this is one of those cases. It's Polygon Pictures where they were just in their youth. They're getting all these CGI animes out there. And this was the one that even if you didn't like CGI anime, and yes, the character models in it were their early stages, and they did still kind of look stiff. It was all about the mecha fights in space against aliens. It was so epically done. Uh, nobody was safe in that show. It had a fantastic world. It, it's one of those rare animes that I love so much. I went out and bought the source material and read through the entire thing. That's how much I loved it. So if I can recommend any sci-fi action show, it's that one right there. Go watch that show. Did you finish that one? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Okay. It was, it, it, this was right at the cusp of me going down my, I'm done with all things dark. <laughs> dark so. things. And they, they, this, this but they show had does, Moe Alien Girl in the last yeah, they, part of was, it. So it kind of I did really, really like like her. Yeah, I didn't like that um, so much. <laughs> um, it was one of those shows that really does capture the weight of what's going on. I mean, they're 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 right on the edge of survival versus extinction. death, extinction, and it really, really captures that essence really well. And it's a good show. Yeah, and he's he's all about the mangaka is all about architecture. He used to be arch, uh, an architect, and so you can see it in like the very just lavishly detailed world that he kind of created. So, uh, see your name. That movie had to be in here. If it wasn't in here, I'm sure even if I said it was my favorite list, people would still hate me. <laughs> no, your name was a fantastic movie. It really did come out of nowhere. I'm glad it was successful as it was because it was a really cool little story. I don't want to say too much about it. Just, just boy and girl swap bodies, and they kind of fool with each other's bodies or fool with each other's lives in different ways. <laughs> each other. He does technically do that, but bad choice of words there. Um, but yeah, the, of course, girl wants to be in in Tokyo, and boy's having his own problems, and so you have the girl exploring Tokyo and the boy exploring. You know the the out in the sticks kind of shrine areas and the and rituals that she has to do with her family. Um, it was really cool, to like you know, see things from a different point of view, see somebody else's lives from another point of view, and had a cool little twist towards the end part of it. Yeah, so. fantastic twist at the end. It, this this show really does, it, it, or this movie is really yeah, gorgeous, highly uh, highly directed. I it I mean it, it was one of those that actually spilled over outside of Japan really well and and captured people that don't normally follow this stuff. So it it really it if it for it to do as well as it did, obviously there's something here. If you're not taking our word, take somebody else's word. It's really, really great movie. And it's big enough that they immediately say they're gonna do a Hollywood adaptation, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh Kong Kong Koya Roha. That one was just Kind of a a show that took me off guard. I mean, it, not off guard, but is a show that I really wasn't expecting much out of it, and then it kind of really tore into me. Like it has it has a cutesy aspect to it. Girl who kind of 
been taken a liking to by a uh, a goddess of a shrine and how that goddess kind of intermingles with her and her life. She gives her this gift of being able to uh, shapeshift herself and it kind of causes some issues and it really kind of gets more into um, their personal life and how they intermingle. But it was it was an absolute treat and it did actually uh, tear me up quite a lot in certain situations. So it was it was an actual it's one of those ones I really want to go back and watch it again. It is one that I kind of wish has more because they didn't even get really at all into the spiritual realm, which they kind of just dabble in a little bit. Um, so I would like to see more of it, but unfortunately, at this point, I don't think we'll ever get any more of it. Yeah, beautiful show, uh, great, great drama, um, wonderful, wonderful story. It just great, great show all around. I really, really love this one. It's like I don't know how to raise a boy and girlfriend. It's a. This is kind of one of those in the the realm of something like Snafu or Monogatari, just more very dialogue heavy, um, placing emphasis on characters themselves. It did kind of play a lot into the tropes of archetypes, which was kind of funny as well. And um, I did have my misgivings with how certain things were handled with the later parts of the second season they did. But I think overall, I, it, it was a absolute treat series that if you like kind of harem shows that don't really feel like they are it, it, more like they're playing off or playing playing jokes to the harem aspect is definitely one to check out. And it looks great. This 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 that was definitely a show that I felt really really um, badly that I somehow had skipped out on this one. I don't know exactly why I did, um, but going back to it, I definitely am so glad I went back to it. I, it was such a great show, really great characters. Love the little uh, jabs at 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 tropes and and toying with that stuff. So it's it's a great show all around and a great harem. Loved it. K on. Keon had to make it. Even though I don't even know if I finished the entire thing, it, it had to be in there because it's Keon. Cute animation. Now, Keon is is like the origins of cute girls doing cute things, I think. <laughs> I, I might be bold in saying that, but I, I think that was the origin of the cute girls doing cute things. It's just cu- cute girls having a band club, sitting around eating cake instead because cute girls need to be doing cute things like eating cake. Um, just fantastic characters. They were just so fun to be around. It, every episode was an absolute treat to kind of get this little, just sit down and watch these girls just be goofy around with each other. And a lot of the character interactions were fantastic. I love like the, the rich girl and you had the, um, kind of like the reserved Kohai character, uh, the absolute Genki character, the one that just kind of wants to be look more adult all those kind of character and archetypes kind of mashing with each other, which is the silliness of just eating cake and stuff. So I, I don't think I've watched the end of it though. Cause I don't know the whole graduation stuff. So I do need to sit down and watch the rest of it. Yeah. It, uh, Kalen is absolutely a, a treat to watch. Um, this is one of those shows that we, when we went, we watched it before, but we didn't know that it was uh Keoani. and, it's one of those things that now looking back, it's like, well, of course it was Keoani. I mean, as much as we loved it, of course it was. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. Great, uh, great story. R- a lot more chill than a, than a lot of a lot of shows. It's more slice of life. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Yep. Sherbako. This one was the one that we kind of 
miss because it just felt very work like, <laughs> very stressful like, uh, stressful work life kind of ish. But then at some point they those the the internet blew up about something happening in it, and I had to go watch it to avoid spoilers. And I realized, wow, once you get past that first core, it just keeps you just get invested in the characters and you want to see them succeed. Really cool insights into the world of uh, Japanese animation making because it is a animation studio. It's an anime about an animation studio <laughs> trying to succeed and uh, great characters that I just I want more of. I know they have a movie coming, but they're just it's a slice of life workplace environment that you should really want to see the characters succeed and you want to see more of their lives. And that was what Shirbako really gave me. So and it looked great. Yeah, who's a well, except for the drifter car. <laughs> no, the 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 show was um a quite a treat. Once once we actually went back and and, and caught up on it and we started to realize what it was really all about, it they it they really pulled it off and some great character building, great, um, great value to what they presented. It was just a great show all around. Babylon, a late arrival makes it in the list. Yes. I know the last three episodes was in 2020, but it's my list. So I don't care. <laughs> the majority of it was in that, that particular time frame, So it works. But now Babylon was an absolute amazing show. The directing was phenomenal basically a detective trying to work to try to find out what's going on with some political uh, bribing that's happening for votes. And that kind of quickly turns as the person that gets into office in this particular district in Japan ends up claiming that he wants to make the district uh, autonomous and wants to enact a suicide law. And then people started committing suicide around the main character that shouldn't have, that had no signs of doing that. Uh, it gets into this Ayamagase lady who is manipulating people, uh, and it turns into a big, huge game of cat and mouse. That's just every episode left me going, crap, why would you cliffhang it like that? I want more. Uh, it's by the same guy that caught all the right answer. It's it's storytelling that makes you think about things that, yeah, you might have made a decision on, but it makes you think of it in the mindset of the characters, which is absolutely fantastic. The writer just has a real knack for doing that, so... Fantastic series. I definitely recommend it. It is definitely on the more uh, dark side, very psychological horror-ish, but it worked out great. So, Sukigakure. This one was just caught me off guard. It is one of those original series that I try to force myself to go after just because I want to see what a studio would do that's an original that doesn't have source material. Uh, you have no expectations whatsoever, and it either surprises you or not. And Sukigakirei definitely did that because it's a series about basically kids, very young kids finding love. Very much puppy love kind of show. Um, I just loved how it managed to capture the nostalgia of childhood and finding love and just the goofinesses that you do, the, the, the goofy things that you do because you don't think about it or they're just too young to kind of realize what they're doing. Um, and it managed to capture that really well. It actually looked really visually good as well. So, yeah, it did. It absolutely did capture that. Almost the the butterflies. The it it just it just pulled it off so well. The I I really really enjoyed how the 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 goofy interactions between these two characters of not knowing what they should say when they should say it and all that stuff. It was just absolutely a treat. 
I got, I immediately comes to my mind is a whole scene where they're at the the restaurant in the early segments of the show, and he goes to the water, the the soda fountain machine, and the other girls there, and they have that kind of little moment of like being embarrassed about your parents and stuff, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's like nostalgic. Uh, Wolf Children. Chris would probably kill me if it wasn't in this list. Uh, Wolf Children was there was a knife just outside. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wolf Children was just a wonder to run into that one. I don't. I don't even remember how we originally learned about it. I think it was just seeing the trailers for it and just going, this looks really cool. I really want to check this out. It's basically a woman that falls in love with a wolfman, and they have kids, and then they get separated from the father, and she has to basically figure out how to raise two wolf children that she knows nothing about. They should know nothing about their lineage, what they need, what they don't need, and she ends up ha- having issues with the... Uh, what they call them, the Children's uh, children Protective Services. And so she has to kind of flee to the countryside and just manage to s- survive and raise these children in a good home. And it was just motherly love in a package that oozed love and affection. And it was beautifully directed. Animation was fantastic. I just loved every time they had the character, they like shake their head and they would change into like the wolf or back. Uh, it was really cool. I really did love it. Yeah, it was one I of the... We watched it like three times, didn't we? We even watched it with our parents. Yeah. I, it seems like we watched it a few times. Um, it, it was one of those shows that we... Um, that really, really made us end up falling in love... Or, figuratively. Falling in love with that particular director. We We keep a very close eye on what he's doing at any one point. So yeah, it absolutely phenomenal show. I love, love, love the the characters. I love the way that the the story is told. I love the um, just everything. Hard work paying off in the end. Um, the the final um, moments that just are absolutely heart wrenching and just so warm and loving all at one point. Just a conglomeration of emotions through that show. Loved it. I bought the manga. And the art book for it. <laughs> I missed on the the figure, though. That's unfortunate. Uh, Vinland Saga. This is another one on here that's kind of like one of those ones where I'm like, I loved it, but I do want more. It does need another season. Um, and this one is weird because I hate the main character of the show. I still stand by that. I hate the main character of the show. And I'm sure going into the further seasons, I'm going to get more of him, but... This was about Askeladd. It was about the prince that they uh, rescued. Their stories was what made me actually go, holy crap, this is a fantastic story because I wasn't sure. <laughs> so it is one that's a slow burn for me, just like Shirabako, where I was like, I needed to get into it before I got invested in the characters. And then suddenly I know where it just all clicks. Um, but Askeladd's story and everything was amazing. It is what studios so it looks visually great. Uh, there was just a lot of really breathtaking direction shots in there as well. There's this whole scene where this girl um, is kind of in a repentant state about stealing something, and she's kind of off the side away from her uh, her family's cabin. And everybody kind of moves in and slaughters the family, and just bad things happen. But she's off to the side, and she flees away. And it has this amazing shot of her as the sun is like setting, and it was just absolutely breathtaking music and everything was just fantastic. So really greatly done. Uh, Monthly Girls Nozaki-kun. This one is, oh my gosh, this is like the the moment we discovered 
Well, I don't think it was the moment we discovered Dogokobo, because I think that was through these three colors when I finally acknowledged them. But Monthly's Girl Nozaki-kun was an absolute gem when it came out. And I think that ended up taking our best of the year, if I remember correctly. I think it was up there. Definitely but, was yeah. up there. Uh, yeah, Chio Sakura is just... It's funny. If you have a show that's been so long ago, and I still know the main characters or the main girl's name. It's a good sign of the show being great. Chio Sakura is an absolute adorable mess. And her attempts at trying to... Confess her love to a manga artist that does basically, uh, you know, he is beyond dense. Yeah. He's like, oh, you want my signature? Here, have You're it. Right. <laughs> She's like, hey, I got another one. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> well, she did say I'm your fan instead of saying I love you, which is partly her <laughs> fault. But yeah, thoughts of like, okay, I want to ride on the back of a bicycle with him riding, driving it. And so he's like, okay, well, let's get a, a, a two-person bike. And it's like, hey, yay, we're riding a two-person bike together. Oh, they were so goofy together. I absolutely loved her just being flustered every two seconds. And it's a show that had fantastic side characters as well, which is a, a, just an absolute treat as well. Because you usually have those kind of rom-coms where the main two are what you want to focus on. And then you have these other pairings that you're like, yeah, okay, they're there. No, I, I absolutely loved every single one of the pairings that they had in it. So I, I actually watched a couple clips of it recently. And I'm like, oh, man, I missed that show. It was so great. <laughs> Not to mention it. it uh, the 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 visuals are great. The characters are great. The story are, story is great. The comedy is just ad- absolutely phenomenal. And the jabs that it's taking at, at the manga, the, the manga world and – how they come up with their ideas, what what how they do the stuff that they do. It's just such so much fun and so absolutely phenomenally w- well done. Yep. Uh ReZero. This one is I'm glad it's getting more coming to us because this is another one that's like I need more. Uh ReZero was great because it took the holy sekai element where a guy goes to another world, um summon there and they usually get superpowers and they're they just save everybody. And threw it on its head because he had a character, he goes there and he dies, like, pretty quickly. And then the whole stick of it is that he keeps being revived back to kind of a checkpoint. And then he has to do things differently to either save somebody or just die again. You know, and, that, that you, the, the funny thing about that, if you stop and think about it, it, it is literally backwards. He's in, yeah, he is technically overpowered, but his overpower is the opposite of overpowered. <laughs> It's the worst power ever. And it was frustrating because a lot of people were just kind of poo-pooing the show. They were just saying, oh, well, it's so popular. I don't like it, so I'm going to just destroy it. And it was sad because the thing that I got from the show that frustrated people was that they hated the main character. He was so loud. Subaru was so loud and obnoxious. And I absolutely loved it because it was a character that really did shine in storytelling. They, The writing for him was it made sense to me. It clicked to me because you had a character that was essentially being pushed to the point of insanity. And he even lashes out in ways that you kind of question, but you're like, well, if you think about it, this dude's dying over and over again. He starts to really kind of, uh, he starts to question people. If, if, if this is the person that killed me, uh, who was the one that did it? Uh, the paranoia starts setting in. And I think the way that they pulled that off was fantastic. And they had this whole, Yes, the what was it, 18th episode moment <laughs> that really solidified it for me. Um, 
but I loved it. Even if he, if he, even if he broke Rem's heart, I loved it to death, all the way through. And Phoenix is amazing too. So great cast of characters. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yeah, I'd think I would get burned stick if I didn't have that one in here. No, but no, I. Now, if I had to put this in a list of an order of my best, Full Metal Alchemist probably wouldn't be high in the hundreds, but it is one that I want in the hundreds because I, I acknowledge the show as being pretty much a perfect show. Like there is not a single moment of that show that's wasted. It has amazing characters. It has a great story, great world that it's building. Um, there's nothing about this show that is flawed in any way, shape or form. It is a perfect show. That's all. <laughs> yeah. This one is, a, is an absolute f- phenomenal story. Uh, great characters. It's one of those stories that you do just get kind of sucked up into and just you get carried all the way through. It's really, really well done, really well told, and it looks great. All right, from the new world, a surprising one for me because I totally missed that one. It wasn't until way later that I I bought it on Blu-ray and I said, we're going to watch this show because I, I got to know what this show is about. And I got lost in the world of it. It was absolutely a amazingly crafted world that really does kind of it's it's almost like a future post-apocalypse kind of setting mankind learns psychic powers and then they fall apart but then they kind of build their systems back together in a different way and it's about these kids kind of discovering that and i thought the moment that they kind of yes it was very info dumpy the moment they unraveled the world it was literally an info dump the moment they unraveled the world i was like holy crap this is amazing i cannot believe that they're doing they're doing this um, just loved it. Loved it to death. Thought it was very clever. And yeah, it's, it's, it literally solidified itself up there in my, my top one, 10, even though I didn't bold it, which I should have. We'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very beautiful show. Um, really crazy psycho, just mind bending stuff in here. And I really, really enjoyed watching it. Interview with Monster Girl. Monster Girls. I got another Moe Girl show in this one. Uh, yeah, Interview with Monster Girls was – that one is another one that surprised me because when I seen it, I think we are just fresh off of the whole – we were fresh getting into the whole uh, Monster Girls kind of phenomenon that was kind of happening at the time. I think it was – this was after they had the um, – what was the other one? The Monster Musume? Yeah. So it was like, eh, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see how this one turns out. <laughs> And it was it was surprisingly very emotional. Like it, it took the whole element of okay, here's humankind living with monster people. Oh, look, cute vampire girl. Oh, all the all they're all cute girls. The Dillahunt girl, and she's cute. And then it like gets really into like the insecurities of certain characters. Like the, I remember, I remember especially the the Snow Queen one, or what would we call her? This is a Snow Queen. Basically, the girl that's like, you know, ice and everything, and she can't, she's afraid of touching people. And he starts kind of uh, seeing this other side of her and kind of bringing her out of her shell. It was really, really cute. So, love to death. Yes, absolutely adorable. Needs more. Uh, each, each character having how they, how they deal with the world and how um, it, 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 it really was a show that went out of its way to, help people understand that it's not about um 
excluding them. It's about how can you include them. And it was really well done in that, that respect. Yeah, I loved how they were talking about how, you know, by allowing this person not to have to do this certain thing, you create, you kind of isolate them by creating um, basically a safe spot for them. Like by, by creating the safe spot for them, you isolate them from people. And it was really kind of clever how they were kind of including that aspect in there. So anyways, um, Kevin, the iron fortress, this is the show that we talk about the fact that we watched basically every episode, every time a new episode came out, <laughs> episode one, episode one, two, episode one, two, three, <laughs> episode one, two, three, four, episode one, two, three, four. We watched that over and over again. I think we got to episode eight and then we finally go, we got to stop that. Otherwise we're going to, been like two days watching one episode each week but uh it was for a good reason it wasn't it was it subverted my expectations because when it originally started uh, when it originally started it was like okay this is just an attack on titan clone with zombies and it took it like to a whole nother level like this was the the creator's way of kind of breaking away from that and doing his own thing and I loved it for it. it. It managed to capture humanity. It managed to capture this sense of uh, revenge. But like the whole scene where he's allowing people to get, he's using his body to free, to open the gate, to let people get away free, even though they just betrayed him. And he's like, I hope you, <laughs> you're going to regret this for the rest of your life kind of thing. It was absolutely fantastic. Great action scenes. Loved Mume to death. Every action scene that she was in was just uh, beautifully choreographed. It was a great little action zombie type show um, that I just kind of keep going back to watching clips of it just because I loved it that much. So, it uh, this show was one of those that absolutely blew us away. I I I to this day I remember watching the first see the first scene and the and how it just conveyed how much weight was going on in this world of. The characters are sitting there worrying about these zombies on the side of the trains, and then, then they to they they're fighting them off, and then one of them turns around and has a has a bite, and they and they throw them a, a a bag, and all of them are moving away because of how fast this this disease runs through their their courses through their bodies, and how quickly they have to react to this. This is not something that they played or played with, and. It, it all captured in that first scene and just phenomenally done. It just, yes. Rock Absolutely. on Shoujo. You rock on Shoujo. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, how clumsy you are, Miss Ueno. <laughs> this so deserves to be on the top 100 list. I thought you loved seeing that on the list. <laughs> it's just one of those, like, when I'm scrolling through all those seasons and I've seen that one pop up, I'm like, I'm sorry, it's a short, but I have to acknowledge the fact that we literally could not stop laughing watching that show. Like, from beginning to end. Yes, it's kind of that whole aspect of playing on the innocence of the characters in very kind of uh, pervy ways. But that was the fun of it, was just seeing this overly flustered, goofy, thirsty, dorky girl just trying to make this guy do things (laughs) that are inappropriate. She is just... So I mean, we when we were talking about this show, it was just like she is such a mess, and that that just stuck. I they there's what a hot no, mess you are. Ms. What Man. a what a hot mess you are. It, she she you just you can't you can't describe her outside of that. It's like 
can you explain anything else about her? No, she's a mess. I mean, you you just watch her and you just kind of can't peel your eyes off of it. It's just so goofy to see what she's getting into. And I just loved it. It was too much fun to watch that show. She fabricated a don't grope pub- uh, in public <laughs> hat detector and fabricated a subway station just to try to force him to grab her butt. <laughs> That's how bad it is. Uh, the Monogatari series. This one had to be in here. The Monogatari series is easily has cemented itself in my top five list of all time. It is a series that uh, it's hard to get into. There's a lot of it. It's very wordy. There's no dub. But it is beautifully and masterfully crafted storytelling that I have yet to see uh, out outshined. It is it has been phenomenal from Bono, Mono, the original Baka Monogatari series all the way until Zoku Monogatari that we just recently watched. Uh, having Shaft crafting the entire st- story, I'm so glad they kept all the way through it and never stopped. Because this is one of those ones where if we had stopped at, like, I don't know, uh, Koi Monogatari or something like that, and they just suddenly go, okay, we're not adapting anymore, I would be very upset because I've invested in buying every single one of them. Um, Shaft at its best. Uh, storytelling at its best. Basically a guy that is running into anomalies that are infecting different people in his life, mostly uh, different girls in his school and whatnot. And he's trying to kind of unravel them. A lot of intrigue, a lot of wordplay, a lot of character interactions that are just absolutely a treat to to sit through. So, cannot recommend it enough. Real life. Yes. Do you remember, do you remember that, that one? That was a good one. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> now I haven't watched the last two episodes. Yeah, we need that to, I claim we had to get to back be. to watch. <laughs> it's funny because it's like when when we finished it, I was like, "This show was fantastic. It, it's slice of life at its best." Yes, it had a goofy. Uh, way of introducing it because it was a guy that's you know just got, uh, lost his job and he takes a pill that makes him a high school student again. It was like okay, yes, yeah, it's kind of cheesy, but it got surprisingly personal with all the characters, and I was totally blown away by that. Uh, hate the soundtrack. I was gonna say this. <laughs> there was a sound problem. I seem to remember a sound problem. <laughs> it's like this guy with a stupid keyboard. Um, yeah, it just the characters made it. The slice of life element made it. The drama of the characters made that show. And I wanted more of it. And I, I even claimed at the very end of it, I'm like, I love this show. But where's the last two episodes? It needed two more episodes. And everybody was like, no, nah, man, it was perfect. I think it was even Logan Rogers from the uh, from Anime Arcade that said, no, you're wrong. And then he flipped out when it came out with the OVA. I'm like, yeah, see, told you. <laughs> I don't know why I haven't watched it yet. It's just like another one of those ones where it took it, too we do, long to We come do out. need to because there, there's there's a couple of really big questions that were left unanswered, yeah. and yeah. I need to know them. Miss <laughs> uh, Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. This one was a Kyoto Animation surprise because it kind of went back to their old ways of like the more scrunched up character art style, which we kind of gotten known for their photorealistic, you know, sound euphonium style shows, and it worked great. It worked great for the characters, which is funny because I, I grabbed the manga before it came out, and I didn't like the manga. But they adapted it incredibly well. Made it just kind of flow great. Had surprisingly good human emotions in there, even though you have a dragon, a bunch of dragon girls with this one lady that's living by herself. 
uh, just played off the family environment, uh, being with other people, not being alone. It was fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah. It, easily one or of my two. <laughs> easily one of my favorites. Um, I really, really enjoyed this show. Um, the, the care that was, uh, done in, in all of the fun stuff that they did, the bombastic stuff that when they, when they were goofing off and just having fun, um, and just such a, um, a loving tone to a lot of the interactions between the characters and just, it is just a great show. Just so people know, I know the season two is coming and I do know that Kyoto animation, unfortunately is facing issues. Take your time, Kyoto Animation. We'll 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 wait for you. Carol on Tuesday. Uh, that's another late comer. That one's like what d- I don't know. Uh, literally mm-hmm. last last month <laughs> we finally watched it, and I'm glad I did because I had to fit in there. Uh, really fantastic. It unfortunately was a Netflix type show. It was not a Netflix type show. It's just it was on Netflix. It, it was a show that just told a story fantastically this whole idea of um kind of this mankind's migrated off to mars takes place on mars girl runs away from home meets this other girl and they both love music it's in a world that just everything is done by ais so they're doing it from their heart and the kind of fight between man uh you know humankind and ai in the form of music was was fantastic and Love the side characters, especially I've forgotten his name at this point. Um, Tao was that Tao, the guy that was the AI specialist music guy, and just love the music was fantastically done. They had a lot of uh, English singers that actually did the music for it, and I was surprised how well it fit, even though the fact we were watching it subtitled. Really cool, loved it to death. So, Carol Tuesday, absolutely fantastic show. I, uh, I one of those really um we were we were we were really really high on it and when we actually got to watch it we just absolutely gave us what we wanted in spades and can't say enough about it really one of my tops and it's funny because i came into it going i'm probably gonna be disappointed by the show (laughs) and i didn't get disappointed (laughs) by it so that's that's always good uh outbreak company my gosh, this is way too funny. And this is, I think this is one that Chris, yeah, this is one that you recommended to me because you told me about a part before I got to it. <laughs> um, yeah, this is one of the ones where essentially a guy is employed by the government to go over into this other world because they just opened a portal and then go to this other world and introduce otaku culture to that world. And it's the, it's like the greatest job ever because, you know, he loves, he's an otaku and he wants to uh, culture, uh, I guess, implant culture into this society through. Uh, otaku uh, culture, basically. And it was just just an absolute treat. So funny. Um, and it's funny because at the very end, they kind of got really into this idea of uh, a really cool look into the aspect of proving that, you know, there shouldn't be racial divides. So that was kind of a surprise uh, inclusion in there towards the later part that I thought was really heartwarming. Um, great, great characters has a fantastic waifu uh, made character in there as well that you just want to uh, put on your wall. <laughs> so there you go. Um, great show. It's been a long time. I, I really loved this show and I could go back to, I really want to go back to it and see it, watch it again. It was a great, great show. I don't say put on a wall, like pin her up there. I'm just saying like a poster. Gosh, don't get your mind out of the dutter. Uh, Recreator. 
Recreators. Recreators. This one was, uh, this is a Lost on Amazon show, <laughs> but, uh, and this is another one that had a lot of debates about it, but we loved it to death. I loved it to death. It was a great show. Uh, it's essentially different creations from people's work in manga and whatnot that somehow managed to come to the real world. And they're battling it out in the real world. There's a evil villain character that wants to see it all destroyed. And so you have different hero heroes from heroes and heroines from different light novels, mangas, animes that come into that world and they're choosing sides on this battlefield. The cool thing that I loved so much about it was that it managed to capture the element of what would this person say to its creator? Like if you're the main protagonist of a tragic uh you know medieval fighting show or story and you came out of it and you've been suffering your entire life because of the story they've been telling about you what would you say to your creator like this is your basically like your quote unquote god would they not be like spiteful to that person and it was really cool how they explored those elements yeah they took some funny ones like having a a naughty visual novel girl that comes to the world and is like, oh my gosh, everybody see me in bed, what? Oh, that kind of stuff. But most of the cases, it was like more heavy and and really getting into the mindset of why would they, why would you create this story for me? Why would you put me through this? Why would you put me through a story where my daughter dies? That kind of stuff was really strong. Yeah, there's the there's the and Swanahiroyuki, by the way. <laughs> there was a, the uh, it was really great seeing the concept of from what Andrew was saying, I, I was, I go at it from the other direction of being a creator and, and, and actually there is nobody who loves the, the creation more than the creator. And it just so fantastically done and, and what they were talking about and, and just like Andrew was saying, just so many fantastic scenes some of the battles and some of the crazy, just stuff. It was, it was crazy. I loved it. Yeah. Unfortunately it wasn't as, action-packed as some people wanted it to be <laughs> it was a lot more a lot more dialogue than what people were wanting which didn't bother me but did some people so castletown dandelion this one was an absolute treat for me this one is one that i just attached to i love the main character of it uh basically a bunch of kids that are the uh, daughters and sons of the king of the kingdom and each one of them has their own special ability that they have and they're all part of this big, huge campaign to see who was going to be the next king and or queen. And so they're being pretty much watched by the entire kingdom and whatever they do. And whatever they do could shape them being voted more on or voting less on. And so it was a goofy little comedy that, like I said, I just absolutely adored all the characters in it, especially the main character. So, yeah, had to be in there. Absolutely a wonderful show. What's a koi? Love is hard for an otaku. This one just hit every nerve of an otaku, I think. <laughs> it's just a this managed to bring this I think the thing that's captured the most was it's a show about otakus that just they work and they're trying to find love and really to kind of bring an adult uh perspective that we can kind of relate to. <laughs> like these people, they're just like me. They go to work and they want to play their video games, and they're also looking for love, and there's the goofiness is involved with love. And I think it captured that very well, and I thought it was – I just love the characters, and I was really, really sad to see them go when it finally ended. So, Yeah, and it, and it, and it ended on a really, really high note and absolutely adorable, um, just too much fun. 
I love the jokes that they had in there. Um, and, and just, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sort online. Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Skipping this one. <laughs> no, I, as much as people don't like it, I love it. So it's on my list. I, the, the first season really did capture me. It brought me back into the fandom of anime and I still love the characters to this day. So yeah, I do see its misgivings. I technically didn't like a lot of the second half of the first season. Um, there's a lot of arcs that I thought were throwaways it has its downs, but there's it has a lot more ups than the downs, and I do still love the characters, and I've been through a lot with them, so I'm invested to this point. So, out of all of it, I think there's only one 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 arc that I wish was kind of would burn in a fire, but other than that, it's pretty much been really fun for me. So, yeah, I love this show. Beyond the boundary. This one was, this is funny because this is a show that I wasn't really hot off on the very beginning of it because I didn't really like the main girl. Um, even though, yeah, Magani, she was absolutely adorable. I didn't like her attitude and it was, it didn't really feel right to me, but at some point they really kind of explained it. (laughs) And I really did like the twist they had in the later parts of it. Um, I love the OVA to kind of get that insights in the beginning of it. I still need to watch the movie. I don't know why we haven't watched the movie yet, but I think it's, I I think I've watched the movie because I really want to go back and watch the entire series again before I watch the movie. But um, hopefully the movie is what I really wanted, which was this kind of conclusion that I don't think we ever got. So it'll be fantastic to see that. Good comedy in there. Love the idol dancing uh, segment of it. Was kind of like a reminiscence of Neon Jesus Evangelion, where you had them kind of studying for like an entire day to figure out routines so <laughs> they can go fight the bad guy. Um, I don't know why I've never made that connection until now, but I did. So yeah, love it to death. It's more Keanu greatness. So, yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love this show. Um, can't wait to get back to it at some point and, and really re, re-delve into it, especially with this movie. So, I can't wait. I love it. Rising of the Shield of Hero. Yes, that one made it. Just barely made it in there. I could probably interchange it with How somebody could it else. How be but, barely? Uh, Jeez. If this is another one of those ones where I technically need more. I, I need more. It left me ah. very much on a cliffhanger. Um, technically hasn't solved too much. It does have its down points, which is basically those moments where it just feels like it's beating the dead horse on the whole. Oh, we've caught you on something else. You really are a bad guy thing, criminalizing them every two seconds. But it has these amazingly emotional moments where you have characters bring themselves out of the pit of darkness, which is what it really does really well. Uh, Raphtelia pulling him out of his dark zone, whatever he's in, um, is what makes it. Him pulling Raftelli out of the dark, her pulling him out of the dark, those moments are pure gold. And um, it really does set itself aside from a lot of these set guys' shows. So. Yeah, this 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 show is I'm I I was really hot on. I still am really hot on. I cannot wait to see more of this show. I think it's really phenomenally done. I can't harp enough on how fantastic this show is doing um from the digging into the world from the character building to the um just just how great it looks and how much fun it is it's just a well done show recovery memo junkie yay recovery memo junkie this one is kind of similar to what Koi. it is it is kind of that element of seeing somebody in more of an adult setting that enjoy games just as much as you do but it was so much more than that because it got really kind of 
personal with the characters and how she's very kind of closed in. She's very much a, a neat playing an MMO and her interactions with meeting um, somebody else that plays the game, seeing it perspective, perspectively from different characters and their, you know, sight through the game. Yes. It, it felt kind of, wow, how convenient that you <laughs> ran into somebody in a, an MMO that literally you bump into at the store, but it worked. It was absolutely adorable. I loved their interactions. I love the relationship they built. Um, it is one of those shows that actually does have an, a relationship actually be formed, which is surprising. Um, but it was it was fantastic. It was pure slice of life at its best with a little MMO element kind of thrown in there with it, which works for me because I played MMO, so I still do. But yeah, <laughs> yes, adorable can't say enough about the this show it was absolutely wonderful loved it and great intro and outro violet evergarden this one had to be in here this one i just it's kyoto animation at its best visually breathtaking um cre- weaving stories perfectly it is something that surprisingly works well as an episodic show even though i did kind of have this feeling at some point where i'm going I kind of would like to just kind of just get into her story, her backstory, get into what she's trying to discover. But it was kind of one of those elements of soldier trying to find their, their feelings, uh, how they interwove those stories into her eventually discovering the wounds that she's had from the past. Finally have feelings was, was beautifully done. Uh, A lot of the short stories they did throughout the entire series were fantastic as well. I can think of the letter that the mother was writing for her daughter. I can think of the um, the the script writer or the, the the play writer, I believe it was, and the the daughter that he lost. All those stories, the the princess and the and the prince that were trying to uh, send letters to each other. All those were fantastic. I just would love more of it, and I can't wait till the movie comes out. So hopefully that one is just as stellar. Yeah, it's an absolutely fantastic show, and it absolutely um, pays in spades the more patient you are with it. And I I absolutely love it um, and can't give it enough accolades. Well, it's funny because when they had the previews for it, it was like, holy crap, this looks like a movie. <laughs> and I was very surprised to see that they managed to keep that through the entire series. It just absolutely looks stunning. I still remember the scene where she uh, – plays out a scene for the guy and so she runs and jumps across the pond and skips on the water it was was just absolutely beautiful so uh hinamatsuri hinamatsuri is just comedy gold with every now and then like wait you just broke my heart why am i crying right now (laughs) moments kind of sprinkled in there uh it's funny because they had the main character her whole thing was a lot of comedy. It was her with the Yakuza guy and just goofy antics between them. And then you have like the girl who came back after her and she kind of learns responsibility and becomes like an absolute treasure. And then you have like the poor girl that is constantly being roped into things that she doesn't want to do. And all she wants to do is study and keep, you know, high grades. And then she ends up becoming a bartender uh, it's just golden all the way through. It was funny because when we seen the the PVs and everything for it, we were like, "This could be like comedy gold," and we just loved it. We thought it was comedy gold, and then every now and then we just got punched in the gut and going, "Why is this like hitting me emotionally?" <laughs> it was great. 
it's absolutely a phenomenal show. We were absolutely raving about this show when it was coming out. And I cannot say enough that if you have not watched this show, you have done yourself a disservice. It's so, so worth your time. Um, absolutely one of my tops easily. Um, loved it. I got to start remembering to say like basic synopsis of the shows. <laughs> Violet Evergarden basically soldier that becomes a male writer writes letters for people. Hinamatsuri is basically like uh, Terminator meets like Moe Girl, <laughs> like World Destroyer gets sent back in time and becomes like a neat for some guy in some guy's house that's a Yakuza uh, member. It's kind of goofy. Uh, Unlimited Blade Works, yeah, uh, Fate Grand Order or Fate Grand Order, <laughs> Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works. Uh, this is where basically Ufootable said, hey, Studio Dean, I got this. Step back. We got money. We'll handle it now. And they did an incredible job adapting the Unlimited Blade Works art for Fate Grand or Fate Stay Night. I want to say Fate Grand Order now. <laughs> um, I think the reason why I love this so much, yeah, it's, it's Ufootable doing amazing action scenes. But it was an incredible arc following uh, Rintasaka's storyline. Uh, as usual... It's just it's it's a story and world that I just have fell in love with, and I still love every single arc and storyline that I go through for them. Uh, essentially, groups of people, like about ten people, can get chosen as being uh, masters, and they can summon a servant from historical uh, mythos or whatever, so like King Arthur and stuff, and they use them to fight other mages, and whichever one survives in the end gets the Holy Grail, kind of thing. So, battle royale. Astro Lost in Space. This one was another one that a lot of people either liked or didn't like. I loved it to death. Uh, basically, kids that are all going to a space camp, so they get in a spaceship and fly off to a planet, and then they're supposed to be left there to survive for a week, and then they'll come back and pick them back up and take them home. But something happens when they arrive there. This kind of uh, black hole appears and sucks them into space, and then they find a spaceship, and they discover that they are, like several, several, uh, a long distance away from home and they can't survive getting all the way home just by flying there. So they have to stop at different planets to regain resources on the way back home. And it was just all about just kind of these random kids kind of forming bonds with each other, kind of creating a family with each other, but all the time kind of being thrown around by the idea that there might be somebody there trying to sabotage them or get them killed. And I love them to death. Every single one of them, were just a treat to watch, and I wanted them to succeed, and just watch them adventuring into each one of these planets was great. So, loved it. Had a really cool twist at the end of it. I actually had like three twists at the end of it that I really did enjoy. So, cool stuff. Steins Gate had to be in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this is one that I am with many other people. <laughs> <laughs> the first half sucks. <laughs> I think the first 10 episodes were, or not turn 10, 10 episodes, I'm like 11 or so, uh, just felt like throwaways. But I do acknowledge the fact that they were probably there just to kind of build you um, kind of a normalcy of the characters, get to know the characters, till eventually, you know, crap hits the fan and things really do take off. And when it does take off, it does take off. I think that second core of it was brilliant. I thought it was beautifully crafted i was at the edge of my seat the entire time but um yeah it's it's definitely one of those kind of legendary shows that still 
stands the, de- the, the test of time. Yeah, it, it is. It is one of those that it's really, really hard to get through s- some parts of it. But this show is so rewarding for um, giving it its due. And it is absolutely a treat. Yep, yep. Uh, Grimgar Fantasy and Ash, another one that <laughs> needs more. <laughs> but what I did get, I really loved. Um, so take Isekai. It's a group of kids that get teleported back into some kind of, you know, fantasy setting. Throw in some slice of life. They have to, you know, find a place to live. They have to wash their own clothes. They have to deal with kind of making money and getting food put on their plates and then throw high action where they have to go out and they have to fight goblins and then throw in some drama and some possible losses and all this kind of stuff. All men are mingled and then throw some no name in there because you got some fantastic musical tracks that dive into those certain moments and make you cry. Uh, it has all those great characters that I wanted to see succeed. I, I suffered with them when they had struggles. They, fell down they had to pick themselves back up every single one of those moments were just beautifully crafted had a great visual design to it um and i like i said i want more i bought the entire light novel series and i just need to get time to read it because apparently they're never going (laughs) to adapt any more of it so yeah this is one of those shows that absolutely it grabbed us from the beginning and it grabbed us it, it cheated at first it 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 started out with just a really, really fantastic looking story. And then it used that as a way to get us into it. And then once we were in there, we realized that we were in for something that was far more than what we were originally expecting. This show absolutely captures the essence of weighing everything down. Um, And, when we talk about weight in a lot of cases, we're usually talking about something something has a value, and that is these characters. They they have a you have to you 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 need to be concerned about them and, and it's very important that you understand the gravity of everything that they're doing and it gets matched by these absolutely fantastic character building moments it's just a wonderful story yep future diary i don't know why this is even in here i don't know if i even (laughs) i did like future diary i I think i had like moments where i wasn't too sure about it but i think in the end i I did really enjoy future diary did have a really cool twisty end of it this is another one that i kind of struggle remembering most of it but i do remember that i came out of it solid loving it um Basically, a, a, a you know survival game thing where everybody's kind of chosen. Uh, each one of them has different abilities. His that he can see the future through his diary on his phone because he always kind of diaried everything that happened in his life. And he's joined with a crazy Yandere that will kill anybody for him. <laughs> the, the Future Diary is a show that really, really did kind of sneak up on on you, and it's it's. I I I jumped into it, and I I wasn't even sure I would like it, and. By the time I finished this show out, I was absolutely high on this. It was so the 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 twist was so really cool, and I I really do I I I still love it to this day. I think it's a great show. Here's a weird one, Planet With. Yes, that one's on my list. 
Planet Width was a surprise when it came out. We really didn't know what to think of what going into it. And it was funny because in the earlier segments of it, it kind of just looked like it was going to be a, here's the anti-hero character that we're following. Um, but it got really, it was almost like a, a Sentai show that gets really kind of heavy on the element of, I guess, what it is to be a hero. Would that be the proper way? Like, what, what's the best way to solve things? Um, what does it mean to get revenge? Is it worth it? it? Was a really huge part of it. Was was the revenge worth it? Was a huge pinnacle point of it. Um, it got really crazy, where it kind of expanded universally with the story. Uh, brought in multiple kind of backstories of certain characters that we weren't really expecting from the beginning, and it was. I think I described it really well when we reviewed it. Was it was an just this multi layered onion? You're just peeling off layer after layer after layer and it's revealing more and more and every time it peeled one of those layers it was both emotional and at the same time kind of surprising what the where the direction they were taking with certain characters so it, it's one of those ones where you do look at the package and you're like what the hell is this this looks like a kid's show and then when you watch it, you're like wow that was incredibly deep so true surprise of the season when that came out absolutely fantastic show uh, Noragami. Yes, I love my Noragami. I have all the manga. <laughs> and I will love it from from this day until the day I die. It's it's one of those shows that it caught my it caught my attention when it first released by its style. It had a great soundtrack that went with it. Um Yato was a character that had a weird interesting style to his character. Had this girl that's kind of been wrapped into the situation that he's doing. He's just Yato is like this uh this guy that has no shrine and he works for like pennies. He does any job. He'll like, he'll do some plumbing for you if you need. And he'll only take like a, uh, what was it? 10 yen or something like that. Just a, a single coin. And he's just kind of this trash God that goes around and does all this stuff just to keep relevance in the world. And all the crazy stuff that he gets involved with, it gets into like the weapon of each God and all these cool kind of elements that they expand into with the gods of the world really really fascinating world they created for it enough that like i said i went out and bought the entire manga series and i cannot wait for more the second season was truly just a roller coaster of emotions that i was not expecting and i would love to see more of it adapted so yeah very fantastically well done uh very well thought out world a lot of really cool intriguing things that they got going on just phenomenal show yeah yeah that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Another one that needs more. It's, it's kidding more. <laughs> but I did love this show just for the not not. It is another isekai show, but it's it took it in a very interesting way. It took it in the way of nation building, and it's something that we really didn't see before. And it did it in a phenomenal way because it was taking, uh, yes, an overpowered main character, but he was in his methods was bringing different cultures and different races together to create like this huge nation. And I'm really curious to see going forward, how that's going to uh, pan out in the future seasons of it. Yeah. This is a show that I cannot wait to get more. I absolutely fell in love with it from the get go. Um, this is one of those shows that we keep harping on. If you, if you don't like Isekai, you're really le letting shows like this slip by, which are really, really phenomenal. Well done. 
Yeah. And it's funny because there's some shows like Grimgar where it's like, by the third episode, I was like, why do they even have to have them be Sekai'd? <laughs> there really is no point to it. They referenced it once, and there was some guy talking about planes or something like that. I, I think, if, if I remember correctly, they didn't, their memories of their previous life was hazy. Right. And he was memorying a plane. He didn't. He couldn't describe it. So, anyways, sidetracked. Uh, love Shinobi on other delusions, and you can throw Heartthrob in there too. Like I said, I'm doing the whole thing. Um, haven't got a chance to watch the the movie yet, but we will eventually. <laughs> uh, love Shinobi on other delusions is another Kyoto Animation show that just excels at characters and their interactions. Basically, a guy that has left his Shinobio side away, which is essentially where they act like goofy i'm my arm is possessed by the demon of of some kind of mythos and they act like dorks when they're kids but then he went into his next year of school or high school whatever it was and he decided to leave that behind but then he runs into a girl that is a chinubio <laughs> and she kind of just drags him back into that world and she's an absolute treat uh love her to death she's a goofball and it was really fun. A little cute little romance that kind of sp- blossoms towards the later parts of it that I really wasn't expecting. And um, Best confession just, ever. Great, great <laughs> scenes all over. Like, every interaction was just an absolute treat. It was one of those shows where there's no wasted scenario that they kind of play out. So Even, even the second season, um, which really you would have expected to kind of take away from what had happened in the first season actually pulled it off and i was really happy love this show love it love it love it can't say it made in abyss need the second season come on (laughs) made in abyss is adventure at its best it's essentially people who live around this abyss they've built homes and everything around this kind of deep abyss that is being explored and the main character wants to explore that world because her mother went down there at some point and never came back. And she wants to go find her. And so she finds a relic within this place, which is a boy who is actually a robot. And they go down there together deep into the abyss trying to find where any kind of clues of her mother. Surprisingly gets dark. Very dark. Gets very violent. Uh, wasn't expecting those elements. But it always keeps this essence of adventure and exploring and the world that he crafted every layer they get down there is has its own ecosystem has its own breathing living and breathing environment that is just oozing and wanting to be explored and i cannot wait for more of it yes absolutely phenomenal looks great absolutely um fantastic writing the world is absolutely lush with different things going on and i can't describe how much detail there is in in this world. Natsumi Jujincho had to get in there. Now, I think the first season of Natsumi was before then, but I'm including anyways because it's one of those shows that every time another one comes out, you could watch it and you're going to be fine. You're not going to miss out. Because each of the, each of the episodes is a story in itself. Yeah, you'll miss like certain character developments with certain characters and and why they end up where they're at. But for the most part, you can just jump right in there and watch any episode. And you'll get an incredible story that is told. Every episode of Natsumi Jincho, even some where I think it's not going to do much, ends up just punching me in the gut at some point. 
Um, and I've, I've loved every season that I've watched of it and I, I want more and I want a full Blu-ray set, please. <laughs> That's on my, my shame list. I've got a good That's chunk a of the first season. That is, that is another one of those ones where every time he tells me that, I'm like, oh, that's right. God, Chris, I'm, a, I'm a good chunk through the first <laughs> season. I, I've gotten through a little bit of it. Isn't it like at 60 episodes now or something like that? It's, yeah. it's, been, it's been a long one. Uh, Orimo, yes, this one's in my list. <laughs> my little sister can't be this cute. Yes, that one is in my list. Now, I will say this is, includes everything but the last part. The last part, I'll just ignore that it ever existed. But That's the only part that I have not seen. <laughs> don't have to see it. I stopped after the Kuroneko episode. Nuff said. There you go. It's all that there is. It's just, it's one of those shows that every time I think about certain parts of it, I just smile. It was a, it was a treat of a show to watch. It's basically a guy that his sister, who is a model... Uh, ends up revealing to him that she's into like anime and she's a deep otaku and wants to help wants her wants him to help her. Uh, one of her goofy quirk is that she loves little sisters and so she plays like a bunch of like really kind of questionable visual novels and stuff and just drolls over it. She's an absolute dork. Kind of gets into a lot of other otaku characters that they bring into the picture. Um, and it's another show that I I really do want to go back and just binge the entire thing. Maybe I'll buy the blu-ray at some point just so i can give myself an excuse to binge it but um it is a treat i did enjoy it again besides the ending <laughs> konosuba konosuba is another show that just it makes it on the list because every time i think about it i laugh every episode we laughed from beginning to end uh it is it is purely based off its characters that this writer has created um just an absolute jerk of a main character uh, this mess of a goddess that's pulled into another world with him. Basically, a guy dies in a very kind of stupid way. Uh, girl, the goddess says, "Hey, you can choose any kind of power or anything in this list that you can you can bring with you to this other world to fight this demon lord." And he jokingly says, "Well, I'll, I'll take you with me." And sure enough, it's enacted. the The law is put into place, and she goes down into this world with him. And they're just stuck with each other trying to survive. <laughs> and she's completely useless. <laughs> yeah, she's completely useless. Uh, she does have a turn on dead. That's that's about all she has. She, has <laughs> she terrible, can make water. She has terrible luck. He has, like, max luck. Purify. 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 Yeah, purify. I'm sorry. <laughs> Purifying the lake. Uh, great cast of characters. Megaman's just absolute treasure. Even Darkness is great. Um, I love them. They're just a bunch of dorks trying to survive in the fantasy world. So, yeah. Just a just crazy show. I love it. Alone in the Sea. This one is... Uh, this was one that I did not watch when it first released. It wasn't until NIS America, who at the time I was doing reviews for, they released the box set Blu-ray of it for me to review. And I was reviewing it for another, another uh, publication. And I was kind of glad that I got it because I at that time I was just learning who PA Works was. And it was one of the ones that was on my list to go back and check out. And sure enough, watched the entire thing, and I was blown away. It is a, it is kind of one of those slice of life with a little twist to it. You have basically this lakeside uh, community, and they have always been in contact with this underground community, or underwater community, I'm sorry, of like fish people. And every now and then they can come up and they can speak with the people on land. And there was like a separation that was created and they're kind of trying to break those separations that happen. And it was a really solid little story about these two communities interacting and how they interact. So 
and they had a little time jump in there that I was really surprised by. That uh, definitely caught me off guard. So I like this show. I I have a I had a hard time with it, and but I still do appreciate it uh, overall as a whole. I really did a lot. I love this show. Yep. <sighs> I know this was way down here, but it's not in order of bad or good. <laughs> March comes in like a lion. March comes in like a lion is a absolute must watch. This is slice of life drama at its best. Um, it's essentially a guy who is a shogi player. He was taught by his essentially his uh, adopted father how to play shogi after he kind of was taken under his wing, and he becomes a incredibly good shogi player. Uh, goes out to live on his own while playing shogi in tournaments, and it kind of shows him in a very kind of dark place, separated from people. And slowly over time, he's kind of being dragged out of that darkness by. Uh, one group of sisters, uh, his teacher, uh, several other people who are trying to kind of interact with him and kind of bring him into grouping. And uh, it's just very beautifully told. It's shaft at its best. They managed to kind of create and portray different emotions that the character's in. There are certain scenes where characters are playing shogi together and it manages to show kind of the deep thoughts and inner emotions of a character as they're trying to struggle to win a match. And the way they portray that is beautifully artistic. Uh, just love it to death. It's, it's a, it's a treat. It's been going, what was it? Three season now? It's, I think it was about six episodes like so far. And it's, it's a treasure. Definitely go watch it. It's absolutely a phenomenal show. I really, I cannot suggest this one enough. This one is drama at its finest. Um, it 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 absolutely captures the essence of um depression and the light shining when somebody does come in and cracks a hole in that in that in that just veil of darkness that's covering you and and how how just love can just break through that and 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 hopefully bring people out it doesn't necessarily need to be an overwhelming love just that just that string of hope that that people need sometimes anohana that one had to be in the list mario kata's probably uh i guess uh her big break i think was 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 anohana that was the one where she really did kind of get a lot of attention anohana is a show about a guy who suddenly starts seeing the ghost of his dead friend from back a long time ago and he doesn't know why she's showed up before him, but she believes that it's so that she, they can fulfill some kind of thing that she did not get to fulfill when she was alive. And so he's trying to figure that out. At the same time, all of his old friends that they used to hang out together before she died, uh, they're all with their separate ways. And they they all think he's delusional they, that he can see this ghost. And it's kind of just more about bringing friends back together that were once really good friends bring them back together through the use of kind of this one thing that can connect them all, which is this girl. Um, very tear jerky, very emotional show. Yeah. It gets a little bit heavy on the melodrama at times because Mario Kata, but I think overall it's a, it's a fantastic story that should be watched by everybody. I was so glad to get this off of my shameless. Everybody <laughs> was constantly going on about how I needed to watch this show. Um, and strangely enough, this was, this was, I think, honestly, my introduction to Mario Kata. And 
scenes i every time i tried to watch the show um i didn't much care for it and it took me a while to get through the entire show after a lot of prodding by everybody when i finally got through it um i did finally end up enjoying it um and then later later on other shows i started to learn how mario kata works and now I do truly appreciate Mario Kata and I cannot get enough of her. So yes, highly suggested. Love it. I thought Wee Cross was your first introduction into her. Hmm. I don't know. Be I have to go back and look. Have to look at the list. Sound Euphonium. This is this is the second season for me. <laughs> no, but Stanifonium, I love the first season just based off of the visuals and the directing. It's Kyoto Animation at their best photorealistic visual shots. I just the, there's this one shot that I always remember where she's running down uh, this bridgeway and turns around the corner. The shot at the the top of the hill that they hang out at. It's a visually beautiful show. The attention to detail, the instruments, the music, everything was beautifully crafted. I didn't like the first season all that much. That was beautiful. Everything about it was great. Didn't like the storytelling. Now, the second season, it took off for me. That second season was absolutely fantastic. That's where it really did uh, hit the character points like I wanted to. Um, all the stories they told, a lot of the um, third years that were kind of moving on, all that kind of stuff was fantastic. The desire to win the tournament and all that kind of stuff was just it was fantastic. It's a brass band club show. For those that don't know what it is, but um, yeah, I love it. Really, really do love that one. Absolutely love this show. I I was put it in the top of my list easily. Enough to buy what three hundred dollars worth of <laughs> box sets for the first season from Pony Can. Great show, love it. Uh, my Hero Academia definitely needs to be on the list. We of course seen My Hero Academia make its debut late in that decade. And it was one of those ones that took the entire world by storm enough that every year the anime awards, they would take most of the awards if Mob Psycho didn't. Uh, but, um, but My Hero Academia basically follows uh, – it takes place in a world where 90% or so of the people of the world are born with different uh, quirks, they called it, which are basically special powers. And the main character wants to be a hero just like the All Might character that everybody looks up to. And, of course, he is uh, never – Produces a quirk. He is quirkless, and that really destroys him. But he still has the desire to help people, and he takes the attention of All Might, who uh, basically passes it on to him and lets him become a hero just like him. So, yeah, it's a great show. And I think the thing that blows me away about it is that it's going so long that it has, and the production values and the animation that have been absolutely stellar have not waned at all. It has some of the most amazing action scenes um, that are just out there. So, yeah. The, one of the cool things about this show is no matter how much time goes by, it still feels like they capture hype and they capture it wonderfully. Overcoming things. Yeah. It just, it, it pulls it off every time. And I we were watching an episode the other day and it was like, I can't believe they pulled that scene off and they pulled it off phenomenally. I was so excited to, to see them overcome the situation. It was just great. Yep. Mushishi is in the list because Mushishi Joko Show came out. So it, Mushishi can make it in my list. 
Uh, Mushishi is a show about essentially a guy that goes around and deals with cases of Mushi, who are these kind of creatures of this world. They're kind of like uh, specters and, I don't know, creatures of of ethereal type. Most people can't see them, but he can see them and how they affect people. Now, they're not like they're vicious, evil creatures. It's just that they – them existing – it's just the fact that them existing in – around people can cause uh, different effects. You can cause somebody to get sick. Um and just kind of his explorations of these things, showing people how they can possibly overcome it, or if they choose not to overcome it, how it can affect them. And that's how the storytelling that it has in every episode, it tells a different story about a different Mushi and how it's affecting a town or a person. And those stories have always been uh, the the big take-in that I've always had with Mushi Shi's series. I think this one particularly had the one with the the shadow that if you step on it, you get sucked into it and how these two people took turns. I thought that was a absolutely amazing story. The girl that showed up out of nowhere and how the guy wanted to replace her in the end. was really, really cool. Um, yeah. I love every story they tell another one that needs Blu-ray releases. Come on. <laughs> Somebody get that series. Yeah, this was definitely one of those shows that I was really glad to get off my my list of shame. It was one of those that I'd always been intrigued by um, and really was glad when I did finally watch it. So highly suggested. High Score Girl. That's a recent one. It's a new one. That's a show that is pure, pure nostalgia feelings for us. Um, if you are a person that was big into video games back in like the 90s and stuff, the the big age era where it started really kicking off, arcades were kicking off, that is this show in a nutshell. Um, it's essentially a guy that is living in the 90s when the arcades are really kicking off in Japan and his geekdom within it and these – it also includes the other two girls that kind of get involved with him and a little cute little tri- love triangle that kind of appears with it. But – like I said, it's kind of like a mixture of slice of life, nostalgia of the 90s, and just kind of this cool little geekdom that is kind of encapsulated in that time period. So we still need the second season, Netflix. Come on. <laughs> Taking too long. Attack on Titan. That's another one. Big one uh, from the ages. Um, I think that one definitely took the entire entire world by storm when it first lost it, launched its first season. Now, I think the the pinnacle aspect that I want to point out with this one, because I think most people know what Attack on Titan is. I don't really have to explain it to you. But it is a show that overcomes the, uh, I guess, the shortcomings of the manga. Like most people would say, yeah, the source material is better than the, than the actual adaptation. This is really one of those ones where I think it's, better in animation not just for the fact that you could see like gigantic titans beat the crap out of each other and people shoot and and because they they do that amazingly which studio does that amazingly but more the fact that the storytelling itself is so much better in the adaptation the the manga is very wordy and gets really lost in circling around on itself um they really did an incredible job adapting it is on torah Really phenomenal. Are you okay show. with that being on there? Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you're doing fine. I I haven't had any problems with anything. Um, Ushio and Tora absolutely um, about a guy who opens up a his basement and ends up finding this um, uh, 
spear that was locked and it it was uh uh sealed away and it just so it happens pinning that down a demon pinning, pinning down a demon and when he un- undid take, the he's like take this spear out of me and let me go and he's like no hell no i'm leaving <laughs> um w- great show a phenomenal ending one of the cool things about this show is it's really well written and as the story progresses you fall more and more in love with each one of these characters and the you end up kind of actually liking the bad guy at the end and it really pulls it off and it pulls it off in a, in spades. It didn't like the bad guy in the end. It just, (laughs) you just like, okay, well I understand you now. Okay. I I guess that's a better way of putting it. (laughs) Either way, it's, it's really well done. Loved it. No, I, I think was fascinating. The only thing I would add to you is the only thing that was fascinating about the show was that this is one of the few shows where most shows, when you have like, okay, it's going for like a hundred episodes or whatever. And you get towards the later parts, you're like, suddenly I know where they're like, we need to make a villain. Oh, well, here this this guy shows up, and he's super big, and he's super OP. No, this is one of those ones where you knew about the bad guy from the very beginning, and it slowly, slowly introduces you to it. And at the very end, when you finally find the bad guy, he's freaking terrifying. Like, he was, he was one of the few times I've ever run into a, a main villain at the end of a show where I'm like, holy crap, this is like you feel the terror that they're kind of creating with these characters and how it's affecting everybody in the world that you've gone, you know, you've, you've over time have met and learned and, and, uh, learned to, you know, uh, appreciate the people in the world. So I thought that was a really cool, unique thing that it, enough that I bought the gigantic box set for the damn thing. So <laughs> I really do love it. And it's a cool little show that manages to capture, um, like the nineties and eighties of anime in like a newer style. It was definitely, uh, Mappa at their best, and I, I will hope that they'll do more of these these type of shows coming back from the past. Uh, Bunny drop. Is that okay? Too adorable. Is that okay? Is that okay to be in there? It's cute. Uh, totally denying the existence of the later manga, but the Bunny Drop itself, the the anime is perfect. Like you just watch the anime; that's all you need to watch. It is a great show. It's about a guy that basically adopts his aunt. <laughs> Essentially, his his grandpa died and left behind a a, a girl, uh, a very young girl, and nobody wanted to take on the girl to uh, you know adopt her. He's at the funeral and he decides I'll, I'll adopt her. I'm not going to let her stay here. She's she's family, and so it's this just you know single guy that randomly out of nowhere now has a, a daughter and now he has to raise her and um, protect her and teach her and all these kind of things, and it was. It was just pure gold. Like from beginning to end, it was a pure gold show about family, um, raising a child, all these kind of things intermingled. I badly want to go back and watch it again, just thinking about it. But uh, I did look into the manga. Don't ever do that. Um, but yeah, the anime is is perfect. Just watch the anime. Yeah. Yes, yeah, very adorable. Loved it to death and couldn't get enough of it. The Eccentric Family. This one I hated at first, and then I... The second season was coming out, I think, and I said, oh, I'm going to give this, the first season a shot again. I went to it expect in, in a different light. Uh, it's essentially in basically modern times, but it's about like this kind of other side to the world where you have Tanuki and stuff like that in this world intermingled in there. And it's it's a natural thing. The fact that there's Tanukis in this world is a kind of a natural thing. And all these other kind of oddities that are in there, Tengus and stuff like that. 
And it's just following this family of Tanuki and how they're just struggling to survive in the world because there's groups of people that will do like hot pots and just eat them. And that's kind of a natural occurrence in the world. And the big thing about this whole setting is this aspect of the Tanuki blood and how they do, you know, dumb things and stuff like that. And it's just absolutely, it's an absolutely visually beautiful treat to watch. And it's another PA works at their best kind of show and has two very fantastic seasons that I would go back and watch anytime. Very, very uh, whimsical and crazy in in everything that's going on in this world. Loved it. Can't say enough about it. Takoro Connect. Man, that's another one I want to go back and watch again because it's been so long. I that's one it's of those that's, that that um, I I when I was seen it on your list, I was thinking back. I was like, did I ever finish that show? I know I watched it, but did I watch it all the way through or not? I cannot remember. For the life of me, I cannot remember. Yeah, unfortunately, the OVAs weren't available at the time when it was streamed. Um, it's a complete story, but there is an OVA for it that kind of ties up some loose ends that need to be done. I tried to watch the OVAs, and it was kind of putting a character in the light that I didn't really want to watch, and I ended up stopping. <laughs> but uh, I love the series. It was it's essentially a, a club of kids that end up getting cursed by some unknown being that then causes certain things to happen with them. One of the things is that they... They're able to feel each other's emotions. They do body swapping, stuff like that. And it just really, it's almost like a puppeteer just messing with this group of kids and really kind of affecting their relationships with each other. Uh, sometimes it makes them uh, bonds, makes their bonds stronger, but sometimes it embarrasses them or puts, puts things to light that they don't want to put to light. And it did that fantastically. And I really did like it. It was a, I really wasn't expecting that going into it, but I was actually surprised with how uh, it, it never got old. Like there was certain gimmicks to it that they were doing that never got old. They ended up in revealing different things about the characters that I thought was fantastic. So cool little kind of slice of life drama with a really interesting supernatural element toying with them. So yeah. Um, let's see. Working. The original working. <laughs> I'm talking about the original working. Now, I love aspects of the other ones like WWE working and the second season. Um, but yeah, the the very original cast were my original introduction to these characters or this particular restaurant. And I absolutely love them to death. They just, just the quirkiness of working together and the, the personal lives they can mix with it. I wasn't too sure I was going to like it based on the fact that they have one very violent girl in the first season. And she has, like, man-phobia. And so she's stuck with working with this guy that is terrified of her basically bashing his face in because she's afraid of him. Um, but they, they managed to really kind of make her even cute in the end. So really adorable cast. Love him to death. Um, definitely a good watch if you're looking for a comedy set in, like, a restaurant setting. Erased. Working's on my list of shame. So what's your name? You watched the other one, though. WWE work. WWE, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Erased. I, I know that probably brings some ire from people, but I went to that show really... Uh, I think the thing that captured me most about that show was, one, the directing was phenomenal, but two was the element of humanity that they ended up portraying. You essentially have a guy in the current time who kind of has the ability to kind of see deja vu, and when deja vu happens, he knows that he can change something to help somebody. And... 
the deja vu goes crazy at some point when he sees uh, the corpse of somebody that he loves. And he ends up having this deja vu push him all the way back to the time that he was a, in school as a, as a young boy. And then he remembers at that point that, that some girl ended up dis- – there was a rash of murders. And so he's trying to figure out how he can possibly – if he's there for that reason to possibly figure out how to stop these kids from being killed in his hometown. And it really does get into like abuse. It gets into kind of bringing people out of dark places, bringing people together, forming relationships. Um, and it was it was fantastic for that. And like I said, just beautifully directed. Enough that I, again, bought the Aniplex release, which – Tells you some emo- some sense of devotion there. Now I agree on the ending. Yeah, probably could have handled better, but it was everything all the way up, and that ending was just perfect. So don't go into it expecting mystery, though. That's all that I tell everybody. Don't go into it as a mystery. It's not a mystery. So, yep. Yeah, it's a great show. Loved it. Punchline. Yep, that one in here. <laughs> it's another early Mappa show for us that kind of opens up as kind of an etchy pervy show but actually is so much more than that and we always tell everybody just get past like three episodes it's not a it's not an etchy show that's not what it's going for it's about something else and it has so many twists and turns in it that i i just just makes me want to watch it again just remembering all the twists and turns that it has in it uh essentially opens up that this person is um whenever they get like overly excited they cause the end of the world. And that's the, 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 the overly excited is, is seeing. And that's how it's sold stuff. to you. As. Yeah. The very opening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it, like, like, like Andrew was saying, it does actually morph into something far, far more. You, you, you literally, yeah. The, the, the etchy is quote unquote still there per se. I mean, it doesn't really go away per se, but it's not, the in focus. your face, as yeah. Much as the, it, first it, it, the first few episodes, it's all about that in your face. That's what. Hey, this is what we're here for, right? No, 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 no. Um, it does. It does chill out, and they actually get into the meat of it. Once you start, I, it the the first few episodes is kind of just building into what is the ultimate goal of the show, and you'll see them slowly um, kind of weaved in, and it, then it starts to make sense towards fourth or fifth episode and it'll start making sense Zombieland saga that one was an absolute treat basically girl dies <laughs> then is resurrected as a zombie along with a few other idols of different eras like you have like a show uh, opera singer or something like that you have an idol from like 10 years ago uh, all these idols are kind of resurrected by the scientists to be idols in uh, just because <laughs> So, well, that we, we have our ideas, but, um, yeah. So just a bunch of zombie girls that are kind of dressed up to hide the fact that they're zombies and they're put on stage and they do different things. And it's funny cause it's not just idols, like pop idols out there singing and dancing together, happy, cheery songs. It, it throws in like rap music and heavy rock and all these other things they're kind of forced to do. It's absolutely, uh, just so much fun watching those goofy girls just try to look like normal humans when like one doesn't even talk she just groans and chases after things yeah it was great and 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 plus you have uh uh steins gate guy yeah, in he, there he and he it. just sells it he sells uh, it's it's a great show loved it too much fun craziness 
Sudezue showed another short that managed to make my list because it was another one that the comedy's gold. It captures the kind of puppy love aspects of like kids finding love and just all the comedy gold mixed in there. I just to this day I remember the the goofy guy that was the the girl wants to confess to. He's like trying to help other people with love. There's the 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 texting <laughs> the girl that drops her phone in the water with texting and the 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 other boys was the boy's sister who was 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 texting no that was the girl's sister who was texting the boy or was the other way around um yeah it just is absolutely dorky um i love it to death it was way cute so. crazy and adorable loved it the promise neverland this one is another one that needs another season it's getting another season but for the season that we got was incredible. It is one of the few shows that has a villain that you actually, uh, I can honestly say I understand where they're going with what they're doing. And I would probably do the same thing in their situation. It is, it is one of those really kind of terrifying shows that shows where people are willing to go in order to survive. Uh, it is a great little show, great little mind bend, fantastic directing. I don't really say too much about it. Cause I'd love people to just go into it blind, but just think of like, uh, just a home for the you know orphans and them trying to find homes for them, but it has a dark secret underneath it. So, and Echo, the the hentai prince and the and the stony yeah. cat, yeah, it was, was a, a it was a quite the treat. Um, was um one of those shows that just kind of comes off just kind of like uh, Punchline, where it comes off as a certain way, and then as it goes through, it you, it kind of morphs into something else and. But it is absolutely just an absolute treat all the way through. Comedy just hits the notes on on the on the head whenever it wants to. Great show, loved it. <laughs> like when the girl met his younger self, <laughs> 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 shoved his head underneath her shirt. Um, yeah, uh, let's see here, Maria the Virgin Witch. This is the one that uh, what I seen on some other people's list. I'm like, oh yay! Some other people acknowledge Maria the Virgin Witch. This is an absolute treasure, a gem. When this one came out, it was it was funny because I was originally captured by the art style of the main character, and ended up finding that the entire story was a beautifully crafted story. It's kind of like. Um, set in the time frame of like, you know, witches being burned at the stake or whatever, that kind of time frame. But there's this one witch of this particular forest that people go to to get medicine for their families and how she kind of gets tied in with um, – She was trying to stop the wars. That's what it was. She kept getting involved in the wars. That's right. So she would go out – then when there's like a big battlefield happening between the two nations, she would go out there and, and try to get them to stop fighting and – the same time she has these these this incubus and succubus that would go out and sleep with the 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 commanders and stuff to get them to kind of miss the battle the next day it was it was it was cool because it was kind of one of those ones where it's kind of like yeah this is this is really interesting and then it kind of just it keeps ramping up because you get you you know get attachment to the characters and the kind of uh the involvement that they have and a lot of the other characters they're running into the other witches was it was just a really cool show so Definitely got really heavy towards the later parts there too. So, <laughs> gut wrenching. Carnival Phantasm. Yes, this one's like literally has never been available in the West ever, but I wanted to put in here because I've over time have watched pretty much all of it several hundred times in a row. And I've watched clips on YouTube probably more times than I can count. It is fake 
the Fate series and Type Moons, basically Type Moons uh, universe is all kind of wrapped into a goofy skit comedy. And it's if you like Fate Stay Night, you're going to find a lot of your characters in there. Even if you haven't watched like uh, uh, Tsukihime or anything like that, you're going to find a lot of Fate stuff in there. Because I think that's technically probably one of the more popular series out in the West. But yeah, great stuff, great skits. Watching, uh, I don't know, sending Berserker to go uh, go shopping for some reason. Because <laughs> why not? Uh, yeah, it's a it's a treat. I, I it's still to this day, I don't know why they have not licensed that to release over here. It needs to happen. Kind of the right answer. I talked about Babylon earlier. It's the same writer as Kind of, kind of the Right Answer. Uh, it's essentially out of nowhere. This big, huge cube appears, and in the middle of this uh, this big metropolis, and Japan is trying to figure out why it's there. And then suddenly, the alien that's from within it comes out and greets them and offers them technology. It offers mankind different types of technology that its advanced race has. And what's really interesting about it is that everything that it's kind of presenting to offer off to mankind is always like a question of how would mankind handle that? How would mankind handle the ability to produce unlimited energy? How would mankind handle uh, expanding their minds? All these kind of things that really kind of pose the question of would this be okay in our world? Would you want to get involved with this? And I thought that was really fantastic for them to do. It was it was really an intriguing show that I just absolutely love from beginning to end. So and a, another again another one that had a pretty cool twist at the end. So yeah, my teen romantic comedy snafu. Is that allowed? Yeah, yeah. Best sister ever. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, this one's like this writer. I love him to death, and this one's absolutely fantastic. And the idea that it has a Basically, a main character who is kind of self-deprecating in order to help other people, and how that either, yes, can help people in some situations, but frustrates other people that, you know, honestly, you know, have grown to love him. And I think that that's probably the one thing that has been the ongoing kind of pull for me for the series is, one, his interactions with people, how they view him, how he views other people, um, some great uh, female cast members in there that I just love to death, and I am both excited for the finale, the coming up season, and also dreading because I don't know that he's my not gonna best pick girl is going to be picked. You know, he's not going to pick <laughs> he's the not right gonna one. Pick my girl, but we'll see. <laughs> it's been uh, obvious from the beginning who he's going to pick, and it, it's not the one you want. I will be heartbroken, but as, le- as long as she's happy in the end, I don't care. I just want her to be happy. Uh, yeah, just fantastic. Uh, Flying Witch, this is like Iyashi K at its best. Freaking, show. freaking wonderful show. It essentially, a girl that's a witch moves in with a family out in the boonies and just kind of exploring the aspects of magic in this kind of family in the boonies, finding the... The wanders and the smallest things, and it's just a, it's a, it's, if people don't know Yashike, it's like a relaxing, healing type show. It's very laid back, very, um, inviting environment, very warm. So, yeah. Overlord. Oh, this is like an epic series that I hope they're not done with, because it's been a while since we had a last season of it, and it felt like they were going to keep doing it. But Overlord is another kind of trapped in an MMO type game. Um, where 
almost feels that if the character has is he's yes he's can't log out of the world but he's almost becoming his uh persona that he created in the world which is like this big uh almost like bad guy looking skeleton being and uh like a lich king kind of person and he's kind of surrounded by all the kind of NPCs they created in their big, huge guild, uh, facility they created. And all of them have taken on personalities and life of their own. And it's, it's really a fascinating look into both like the element of a mankind, a person that's been trapped in the game, losing their, their previous self, but also like the darkness and everything that he's kind of being forced to do in order to, uh, expand his, his, his kingdom and the fears that there's might be somebody that can actually, uh, best him possibly, but uh, it's cool. Very, very cool series. Death Parade. It's a fantastic show. Yes, it is. <laughs> Must watch that one. Uh, Death Parade is that would be one that you watched Death Billiards before made, right? Yeah, Death Billiards. And I, I think that was what kind of ended up tipping us off to Death Parade. Uh, but Death Parade is it. How would I describe it? It's just. It's perfection in writing. Uh, it's essentially two people will come out of elevator. Um, there's two elevators, and they both come out of the elevators together, and they come inside this big open area, and there's a bar there, and there's a bunch of uh, you know billiards and, and um, dartboards and all that kind of stuff. And at some point, they are asked to play a game, these two people. They don't know where they came from. They don't know why they're there, but they're asked to play a game together. And through this game... Essentially, their true nature is kind of exposed, and then a decision's made at the end. And I'll just say that, but just go watch it, like right now. Just go watch it. It's it's absolutely perfect writing. I loved it, Death from beginning to end. So, Death, get it? I got a pun in there too. <laughs> is the order rabbit? Is that allowed to be in there? Yes. Uh, is the order why, rabbit? Why is, wouldn't it be in there? Is it is pure cute girls doing cute thing gold? bunch of girls well this girl that moves into an area and they have a rest or bar restaurant so to speak there and she goes to work there and it's just cute girls working at the bar working at the cafe doing things together outside of it it's just absolutely a treat every episode just made you smile i remember we went into the second season like holy crap there's another season coming and we were just smiling the entire time. That was cute. They had this cute little ending part where we would do like a rock, paper, scissors thing. And I always like post up my results at the end of the day and ask people what their result was. It's just, uh, it's a lot of fun. If you're just looking for just cute girls having fun and just want to smile, it is, it is, does it in spades. So. It's a, it's a wonderful show. And I, I couldn't get enough of it. Still want more. Uh, can't, I, I, I miss it. Yeah, definitely miss it. School Live. This one, just watch the first episode. Just watch the first. That's all I ask of you is just watch the first episode before you even hear anything else. But no, essentially, girls in apocalypse, uh, zombie apocalypse, and trying to survive in a school. And it's it is it is work for me because it it managed to capture like this 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 illusion that some uh, people may have and how that affects the people around them. Them just trying to find fun in a very screwed up situation. And it was enough that, like I said, I, another one that I went off and bought the manga and I've, I've pretty much, I've got one more volume left. It's finally ended in one more volume, but I, I will miss it when it's finally over. But yeah. Madoka Magica. Well, I imagine Madoka Magica. Now I'm talking about the movies. 
I have I've said this several times. I did not like the series, and then later on I watched the movies and I said, "Wow, the movies did it so much better." Took out a lot of the kind of drawn out moments of the series and just kind of condensed it into a perfect series. So yeah, definitely go watch the movies. Uh, essentially, it's magical girls with a dark twist, and it's Jinro Bucci at his best. Jinro Bucci does not he does loss in a a way that has meaning, and I'll just say that it is it is a perfect dark magical girl, not being edgy or anything. Very interesting woven uh, element of magical girl. Everything has weight to it. It's really cool. So really well done. Love it. Time of Eve. Remember that one? Yes. Okay, <laughs> making sure. Time of Ease is another fantastic kind of sci-fi setting show. Essentially, everybody has like uh, different. Everybody owns not everybody, but this is a world that's kind of advanced to the point where people have you know sci or not cyborg um, android robots that they can you know have them cook or serve or anything like for that for them. And there is a, and they always have to have like an indicator on them that marks them that they are an android because they look so much like humans. And there is actually this cafe that, well, his android that's for his family ends up going missing for signs of periods of time. And he notices that she's kind of going off into this uh, cafe before she's coming home. And so he goes and, you know, uh, checks out the cafe and finding that there is a, Notice that people in there are allowed to, or the androids that come in there are allowed to not have their uh, their indicator on, and so you're not allowed to ask if somebody's an android or not. And it's really cool kind of exploration into what it means to be human, and why can't these androids be human just like humans? So there's that human element in there, kind of mi- intermingling with the androids itself. So really, cool. and it, it, it one of the funny things is it, it does play off of the idea of. Um, just how it, it it will make you question that in 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 a lot of cases, and then in other cases they just play with it. Like they have this rust bucket come on in, and <laughs> and they, they're not allowed to ask them, but they they <laughs> everybody <laughs> knows. And then they just play with it, and they just have fun with it, and it's such a great a, and so it makes well you cry. Yeah, it the does. Little junk bucket makes you cry. <laughs> Uh, a place for the universe. This was another one that kind of really was a huge surprise for us when it released. It was just kind of one of those shows that it's just a bunch of girls that go out to explore Antarctica and or the North, namely the North Pole. And it was every episode was an absolute treat. And, it, and it, you, can, you can say it's kind of very kind of formulaic and how it would have something kind of come up. And they would have this big epic moment where they would overcome something or or find something, and they would ramp up the music, and it would get all like super high emotion. But it did it every single episode. Like every episode, they would do the same formula, and you would get thrilled by it, or you would kind of get emotionally attached by it every single time because it's just like this this tight knit group of these girls that just met each other and have formed bonds with each other and are just out for the ride and. You just wanted to see what they would do next. It was an absolute treat. And I visually amazing in some situations. I was actually surprised with some of the thematic visuals they did with some of the, the scenes, like the running through the city scene early on was like, well, this is, this is, this is like movie quality, but uh, yeah, absolutely phenomenal story. Loved the characters and they really, really pulled off the, the drama when they needed to. 
Tamaka Market. This one I still need to watch the movie because <laughs> I really do need to because there was a certain aspect that was not answered with the series. But Tamaka Market is just it was a treat as well. It's basically girls who a girl who lives in a market area with her family and meeting this big bird that wants to find the love for a prince back at their home and just a goofy kind of addition to it, a talking bird that I thought was going to ruin the show, but I did love it to death. Uh, great little series. That bird is nut. <laughs> so funny. A Silent Voice, another Kyoto animation at their best. Absolutely beautiful. I, of course, read the manga before the movie came out, essentially about a boy who bullies a deaf girl when they are in school and then later on uh, re-meets the girl as the older boy and tries to make amends, even though everybody around them or everybody around him is constantly <laughs> trying to tear him down because of what he did in the past. Uh, so it's kind of like this whole aspect of not, of not really so much seeking redemption, but trying to undo uh, the damage that you've done and not apologizing for it, so to speak. So it was a really fantastic movie. I was afraid because it was going to be a movie that they were going to cut too much stuff out, but I think the way that they portrayed it was to make it to where those side stories weren't necessarily needed in order to tell the main core story. And I think they did it fantastically. So visually beautiful. Uh, Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. That one's a, that's just another show that I, I need the movie, but um, it was a fantastic show. I'd really enjoy it. I think the the big thing that makes me enjoy it so much is it had just a fantastic cast that they kind of slowly introduced over time, each of them having a a particular kind of abnormality that is affecting them. Like one girl is kind of stuck in a uh, an infinite loop, um, the girl who kind of splits up herself, and all these kind of anomalies that are kind of surrounded by the uh, surrounding the character that they're kind of exploring. I thought it was a really cool little take on again, kind of similar to the whole harem aspect and how they're telling it in a different way. Sora no Woto, that was another one that I absolutely it destroyed me back in the day when I watched it a long time ago. Uh, absolutely surprised me. It's basically a girl who works at a uh, military lookout post out in the middle of nowhere, uh, kind of making sure that, you know, each side these two kingdoms are, you know, not crossing the border, so to speak. And the little, the little town that's surrounding that lookout post and the different people that live there and meeting the people, meeting the culture that's there, uh, exploring the uh, f- the tales that have been told in the past about this uh, these um, maidens of this particular location. It was really great. And like I said, at the very end, when she played the trumpet, man, <laughs> my eyes were just gushing water out. So <laughs> it was... Very emotional for me. I I just love the fact that it got the love and attention here recently with the re-release that it needed. So. Great show. Yeah. Non Biori. Uh, this one is another absolute treat. This show, um, I've loved it from beginning all the way through repeat when they did repeat, which was technically kind of a uh, almost a reset, not a reset, but like a, a I'll jump back in time, so to speak. And uh, want the movie already, <laughs> but just a bunch of girls out in the sticks of Japan trying to find joy in kind of the smallest things, and just the this, the act of kind of discovery and the act of of entertaining themselves. It was the treat every single episode. I just love the 
Renga and her kind of goofy innocence that they kind of played off every now and then, like the whole I can take my finger off and put it back and her <laughs> freaking out about it was 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 great. And then the the candy shop girl was was fantastic too. But yeah. Love that one. Uh Ajin Demihunbin. This one is again another polygon pictures one which uh does the CGI and does it in a way that actually pulls it off really incredibly well. Um really was actually getting the manga at the same time the series was releasing just because I actually enjoyed the kind of world they created. It's essentially in the world there is secretly known that there are people known as Ajin, which is people that can't die. And so the only way that you know that you are an Ajin is, well, one day you die, but you didn't die. <laughs> and the main character gets hit by a truck, but then revives himself and then realizes he's one of them. And then he's on the run because the government will capture you and do tests on you. And then he joins up with this guy that is probably the reason why I enjoy the series so much. <laughs> Uh, he is a guy that wants to, essentially, he just wants to have fun. He, he's kind of like a, he's was in the military once before, and he just wants to see things burn because it's fun. And he's a fantastic villain in the series. Loved every time he showed up and chopped off his arm just to see it recrow back. It's just really crazy action scenes all kind of mixed in there as well. So, yeah. Ajahn Demi-Human. Uh, almost done. Fate Zero. Fate Zero is... Arguably, by most people, probably the most uh, the greatest story in the in the um, Fate series. And it was funny because it was a prequel made of the original visual novels that released for Fate Stay Night, and it was written by Jinrobuchi. Again, another another show of his on this list. He is a fantastic storyteller, and that series was easily. Um, the pinnacle of storytelling within the Fate universe that I have seen so far. It's just beautifully crafted, uh, wonderful characters, a lot of uh, twists and turns, people backstabbing each other constantly. It's, it's like I said, in the same world as the Unlimited Blade works where there's magicians and they summon servants that fight each other. But you had a main guy that was essentially not a magician and he was finding out ways to take out mages and he wasn't really going for honorable kills most of the time. So it gets really brutal. Um, but yeah, Fate Zero is is incredible. Definitely go watch it. Um, see here. Yeah, In This Corner of the World is another fantastic show. Really love it to death. Or not show, it's actually a movie. Um, it's essentially... It's a World War II story, but in a different way. Like, it's not like, um, you know... Uh, Grave of the Fireflies, where it's about, you know, this kid that's trying to survive with his sister. It's about, like, this lady who gets married off to another family, is trying to fit in with that family, and then slowly over time, they're seeing the effects of the war that's coming up. And yet, it does, towards the later part, does get into the point where the bombing happens, and there's a lot of struggle, survival. But most part of it is more about family and trying to uh, and seeing this kind of slowly unravel around her. So it was a really cool take on the on the whole World War II story, which is tragic in itself, but from different eyes. And it did it really did manage to pull me into that that setting when it actually did happen. Absolutely phenomenal movie. So yeah, I loved it a lot. Yuki Yuna's a hero. This one just go into it blind like we did. It totally is like one of those things of like 
magic in a bottle that you'll never see happen again because it was fantastically presented because we thought it was just a goofy club show. And like I said, go watch it. Don't listen to any more of this. But it turned to something so much different than what we were imagining. Like suddenly out of nowhere, something happens and we're like, well, wait, we're doing this. (laughs) It totally caught us off guard. And it was a great take on it. I'll just say that it was, it was an absolute surprise to us. Like I said, I, I wish that everybody will just go straight to episode one. Don't see anything on this and just watch it. It was, it was cool. So, uh, servant X service, kind of like the same as working, just, uh, people working in a government job and just shenanigans happening around the office space. I ended up falling in love with all the characters in the show. And I think that's what made the comedy even more great. Um, but, um, yeah, fantastic cast, even including the, what was her name? Lucy something, 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 something. Like, she had like 50 say, names. She has like 50 names on there. I don't, <laughs> I wouldn't even try. You just kind of narrowed it down to Lucy, <laughs> but yeah, she was great too. Uh, she was adorable. I loved her to death. Uh, and last one, last but not least, Nishijo, uh, probably the best anime comedy ever. I, there wasn't a single episode that I was not laughing out loud. It's it's pure shenanigans. I love that it finally got a Blu-ray release. It's um, go watch it. It's comedy gold. Every every little every little uh, skit was was pure gold from beginning to end. So that's it. That's a hundred. <laughs> we got through it, Chris. At the nick of time, too. We're we're kind of getting on the the edge of our time limit here, but. Yeah, I said earlier that I managed to narrow it down to ten. I think I think my ten would probably be uh, Nishijo from the New World, Nanambiori, A Silent Voice, Death Parade, March Comes Like a Lion, Noragami, Monogatari series, Hanasaki Roha, and Shogun Roku. Is that is that ten? One, two, three. I don't know. Four, a five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, I think so. So yeah. Oh my gosh. I hope that didn't turn into much rambling, but that was that was pretty much the gist of what I wanted to do for this particular podcast episode. Now I I did technically want to get into more detail about a lot of shows, but like I said in the very beginning, if I did more than three minutes of every episode or every show, I would we'd be here forever. But um I do th- what the great thing about this is is that this is pretty much our first decade of the show. We 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 pretty much started in this decade getting back in anime and, and doing our podcast and everything. So our strength is in that we've watched a lot of the last decade of the shows. I mean, we're pushing, you know, the the 80s is 90% of it. And so, one, we have a good perspective of all the shows. We can show you all these shows that were there. But... The other aspect is that we have reviews for pretty much all these, so please, if any of these caught your interest, go look on our website. At the top, there's a review button. Look up the name. Look up the English name, which I gave you, and listen to our review of it. Some of those are probably going to be old and probably sound terrible, but I definitely recommend people look into these shows because, I, like I said, they're they're gems and they should not be missed, so... I hope you guys enjoyed this run through again. I hope it wasn't too rambly, but again, how to get through it quickly. Again, we're at talkaspear.com and go there for anime, new and old, great community, the form links, top social media links on the right side, and a lot of good stuff. You have anything less to say? Are you going to make your hunter list later? Yeah, right. <laughs> now, what you should do is you should make a hunter list, compare it to mine, just take out the ones that I already talked about, and then we'll go, okay, well, here's the 50 Chris said you forgot, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
Anyways, hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, like I said, it was a phenomenal decade. And it just makes me look forward to the next decade. So take care. Os. anime awards they would take most of the awards if mob psycho didn't um but um yeah mob psycho or mob psycho march comes like a lion is an absolutely amazing show it's essentially a world where was it 90 percent of people um have different type of abilities when they're born uh the main character has <laughs> let me, none let me help you out redo that but this time say uh <laughs> my hero academia <laughs> You did were reading. My, you, you did. You. I think you were reading it when you said that. Did I say it from the very beginning? No. You. You had My Hero Academia, and then for when you started the the synopsis, you said March comes in like a lion. Oh. <laughs> but My Hero Academia basically follows. Uh, it takes place in a world where ninety percent or so of the people of the world are born with different uh, quirks. They called it, which are basically.